This is Dai Zenshu EX, the podcast, episode 237, for the week of October 31st, 2010. Hey, hey, welcome to Dai's and X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing, it's that time again, it's the bromance episode, two Dragon Ball fan sites over here in Jersey, we got Dai's and X, and off in the middle of nowhere, USA. We have constant tie. Thanks for joining me, dude. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening, and a little bit of entertaining. Heath, thanks for joining me, talking about Dragon Ball this week, yet again, good to have you. Yet again. It seems like we do this way too much. I like it, though. Ugh. I was talking with Julian briefly via email this last week. I think I mentioned it last time on the show. Um, something. I guess he's getting his internet through SoftBank and they're like, yeah, we'll get to it maybe on November 1st. Okay. When we moved into our new apartment, that was the first thing we did. Damn right it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we have to have internet. Hopefully we'll hear from Julian within the next week or so. He said he was going to record something and mail it from work, but I don't think he ever got around to that. But regardless, Heath, it's good to have you here. Thanks for having me. It's just you and I right now. My name is Mike Vegito EX. Uh, Mary's got some stuff going on. It's her Nana's, I think it's 92nd birthday. We're heading up to a party later today. That's our I believe that's Halloween. what you put on Twitter. So you should stick to that. I'm going with that number. It's you know at that point it doesn't really matter. It's I don't think it does. So we got that going on. Uh, it's just going to be you and I for a little bit. Although we are going to have a guest joining me to do one of our two topics a little bit later in the show. Yeah, we're doing two topics this week. Heath, you and I are going to talk about Kai soundtrack three and songs. Although I think we're going to focus mainly on those three new vocal songs. Then maybe we'll talk about some other stuff. We're going to talk about that, but also join me a little bit later on for one of our two topics is Corey, who we spoke to just a couple weeks ago about plan to eradicate the science. Him and I talked at length about the, what is right now the latest video game, that's Tenka Ichi Tag Team, releases Tag Versus in Japan on the PSP. We talked for, I don't know what the edited file is. It's like three hours something like that. I think it's about three hours of PSP talk. So if you're really, really digging PSP fighting games, that's what, no, it's not that long. Uh, look forward to that. Yeah, I don't think I've done a, a two-topic show in a while, but I feel like we got to play catch-up with a couple things, and then we got even more on the horizon. So it's, uh, this is a show for those of you who, on the survey, said you wanted us to talk until we collapsed. So that is our goal this week. And Heath, thanks for uh I think we're shooting for five hours this week. Yeah, five-hour show. It'll be the longest show ever. No. Um, <laughs> before we get to the news, we got a bit of interesting news and not so fun news and all other stuffage to talk about. It's all over the place. Housekeeping things. We are doing a contest right now that by the time you listen to this contest is over, we gave away more than one copy of Tenka Ichi Tag Team on the PSP. Goku's Corner, the um, the official portal Dragon Ball video games from Nako Bandai, they tossed in a copy for us to give away, but um, they actually sent a couple others, so we're giving away more than one copy so congrats to everyone who Yay, won Yay. you've already won but you didn't know it yet um and related to that the review for the game should be going up early this week i'm kind of putting the finishing touches on playing the game and the review i'm kind of wrapping them both up at the same time as weird as that sounds you got any random stuffage going on that's not related to news not really just been extremely busy and I don't like it. Busy on site stuff or just busy with being Heath? Busy being Heath. Okay. And busy listening to my boss tell me to do things. So, Welcome to the real world. I know. I love it. But I actually this week I've gotten back to doing some site stuff. So we should actually have some content 
Minds for the first time in like a month. That'll be nice. And I need to get caught up on all this news at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be one of those updates. Trust me. I know them all too well. I know. All right. So uh, I guess let's cruise on over to do some news. All right, Heath, why don't you get us going here? It's gaming-related, but it's not out yet, and it's of interest to people who don't play games. It should be, but we actually have some Raging Blast 2 confirmations, courtesy of our good friend, Mr. Kurdibo of the Tanuki. Uh, he, I have no idea how he actually got a hold of the game. Uh, he's got one of those local mom-and-pop stores that just breaks release date on everything. Or he just hijacks trucks, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that he's actually a mobster. I think we've gone over this a couple times, <laughs> but we try to not say it every week because we fear for our lives. Exactly. He has confirmed that the plan to eradicate the super science is available for viewing right from the get-go. You don't have to play the game or try to unlock it. It's just there. It's in the movie section when you go into the menu. And yes, Tobble is in there somewhere. Apparently he's fought against him and you should be able to unlock him if you get so far into the game. Right. I don't think he's done that yet. Yeah, he was having problems with it last time I checked. And is there anything else? that we wanted to know. Those are the, the big things that everybody wanted to know. Because oh, yeah, I know a lot yeah. of people want to get this game just so that they can watch the movie. <laughs> oh, related to the movie, uh, it is sub-only, as you know we knew ahead of time and expected. Did you see the position right. of the subtitles? Isn't that weird? It is weird. I, I don't quite know why they did that, but yeah, whatever. It, it's not Animago style where it's centered but left justified. It's just flat out left justified in the bottom left of the screen. Very, Which very is strange. really weird. A weird place. For it. Because usually when you look at a TV, you're looking right in the center, you right, not right. just staring off to a side. Strange play. I think I read that you can't not turn them off, but I'm not entirely sure about that. Well, we'll confirm that. And I know he's been taking pictures of in the the options, the museum mode where you can look up character profiles. He took a couple pictures of some of the dub voice credits. Uh, Chris Abbott is playing Hachihak, person who Colleen Clickenbeard who's doing Gohan now. I think she plays number 18 on the dub side. Yes. Okay. Which a lot of people found a little strange, but okay, I guess it works. So be it. Uh, I kind of want to know some of the Japanese voice credits, so we're going to have to get them to confirm some of that. I'm interested if Hayami Show is playing Sauza. Um, I'm sure most of the Kai roles yeah, are transferred it, over. It's going to be basically what they've they've done with the previous games. They're going to use a lot of the Kai staff to, to fill in. Right. I mean, it was for the first one, and some of those roles hadn't even debuted quite yet, so I'm sure they'll carry over into this one. Right. But I mean, the game's out next week is out on the second you know we'll be getting our copy in everyone will be getting copies in uh, this is all just kind of tanuki's the first guy to get it and take pictures and videos so it's really good just to get that confirmation of yeah you can watch a feature from the stars i know a lot of people are i just want to rent it to watch the feature so good to know right i know caster was freaking out because like i'm not gonna buy this game and have to play it <laughs> right right i will toss out there uh if you are planning on buying it you're on the fence knowing that you can watch the feature right away and amazon's tossing in a ten dollar gaming credit on a pre-order on this too that might help alleviate the pain a little bit if you're not into these games so that's something to look forward to let's see Tobble is voiced by morita masakazu so he came back which people might know him as the voice of Ichigo. Right, right. From Bleach. I know a lot of people have been saying it'd be really clever if they got Johnny Young Bosch to come do him <laughs> over on the dub side, which would be clever. I don't know if the voice fits. It probably would. He, he does a good young guy. The voice of Saza is... Hayami Show. Yay, good. If he's not coming back to do Zarbon, then at least give him that role. 
Good to hear. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we'll leave Raging Blast 2 behind a little bit. We'll be returning to it quite often in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Uh, let's go over to Brazil for a little bit. Wanted to follow up on the news about the Kai dub they have going on. I know we can, <laughs> I joke about this all the time. We can always count on the folks from Brazil. We don't always get emails from the Mexican folks. And sometimes we'll get an email from China or, or occasionally Japan. You know, we got K-17 over in Japan. Of course, Julian as well. The folks from Brazil, you mentioned their country. They're like, here's a complete clarification of every single last detail you ever wanted to know. And they're polite about it. So don't mess with their Dragon Ball. Don't mess with their Saint Seiya. They're coming to the rescue. So on our forum, Dark Yamataman noted that all the voice actors are paid by the hour, regardless of where they work. So that's an interesting standardized industry thing. It's, yeah, it's really kind of weird, actually. It's pretty no. Uh, so they're saying that Toei probably went with Studio BKS because it's the cheapest studio in Sao Paulo. Uh, I guess that's the same place that all the original series were recorded. And that's where Kai is going to be done as well. And apparently some of the voice actors now refuse to work with that studio. None of them are giving any real clear reasons, but it all seems to do with professionalism and respect issues. Uh, additionally, we are talking about um, some of the people involved in this dub. Ricardo Teles, Teles, he's the coordinator of this new Brazilian dub of Kai. He made a video describing the situation to fans and he's saying, yes, it's being translated directly from the Japanese original and they're doing everything they can to get the old voices back. And that's interesting to know because as we are slowly learning more about, the Mexican dub of Kai seems to be more an adaptation of Funimation's version of the show rather than going to the original source. And I got to look into it, but there seems to be more conversation on our forum right now translating some stuff saying it's going to be a translation of the edited Nicktoons version that seems to be the materials they're receiving oh, whether God. that's just the opening and ending or the content of the episodes that's Mexican fans are not going to be happy about that that's for damn sure I don't think anybody would be happy about that no that really sucks if you're going to get the show go to the original anyway uh, also related to the Brazilian Kai dub similar to what we got from Mexico the opening and ending are available I think they did a pretty bang up job on these did you get a chance to listen to them? I did not oh you gotta check them out I, I was impressed with the yeah break air break from Mexico I think I like these even more the singer in Dragon Soul is definitely better than the Mexican Dragon Soul singer although I think at That's the end good. they say Dragon Ball instead of Dragon Soul but I did hear that we'll let that pass it was pretty good and yeah break is <laughs> pretty good as well uh, I also wanted to note that Son Son sent an email corroborating that whole story completely independently about Studio BKS so this must be something solid that's really what's going on down there he also said that Wendell who's the uh, voice of Goku accepted the role of Goku again just for the fans since it's really not about money in this case as we're learning there were some Twitter posts and reaching out to fans he was the one who said he sat down and had a long talk with the producers so I guess they're having a long talk about professionalism and yeah that, that's that's really good I mean the fans are clamoring for it and he didn't have to take it and if he's gonna put up with a lot of shit just to do it just to make the fans happy that says a lot about his professionalism right there so uh last news bit i'm gonna cover before i throw it over to heath to lead off what we haven't actually <laughs> talked could about could be a subtopic <laughs> right uh tenka ichi tag team is not coming to the playstation store for digital distribution uh, i don't know about japan but namka bandai confirmed this for us for north america it is umd only you psp go owners 
are shit out of luck. So that's Which it for that. Which sucks, because they released the PSP Go, and you would think they would want to put games out that people could get for that, but... You would think. I mean, that's a whole other video game-related subject, where Kingdom Hearts being delayed and or not coming to it, I mean, that's huge. Right. It's and crazy. It also makes me kind of wonder, are there just distribution things that they can't do they don't have the digital rights to do it right right and i mean even though it's their own game it's not like it yeah, was with atari I, back in the day but even then i think atari had these shin budokai games up on psn for a while they're no longer there yeah so that's sticky situation i guess still these days we think we're at a point where yeah it exists this is the distribution method of the future why not just do it what's the problem but i remember reading a bunch of stuff about the differences between sony and microsoft in terms of third parties and who pays the bandwidth costs for the files being distributed. So that might factor into it. There you go. Go owners. Sorry, guys. Suck it up. <laughs> now, Heath, I'm going to let you kind of take this one away. But before we get into it, I'll note that you and I have not talked about this on our sites at all. And I think after we describe the situation, we'll say why we have not been talking about this. But why don't you leave it off here? All right. So there's this interesting story that's been going around. Toriyama apparently has been convinced to come back and... And create a new Dragon Ball manga. And this story was released on bleedingcool.com back on October 25th. And the author was Rich Johnston. And a lot of people didn't quite know what was going on, and it, it slowly started to spread. And after he gave a general explanation about the series and it described what it was for anyone that didn't know, and he actually said that something that will make this event even more spectacular is a simultaneous, fully translated worldwide launch of the new book. Mike, you and I talked almost immediately after this happened. Uh, this is the kind of thing, I mean, Kai was announced where immediately texting on the phone. We get we yes. see an article like this, it's like immediate reach out. And I've, I've talked about this. We've talked about community. We've talked about friendships and stuff. I love where we are in this day and age because I can be like, whip out phone, got to talk to Heath right now. So it, we both immediately went on the internet at work. Right. <laughs> and uh, just scoured Japanese sites because a lot of times when things like this happen, it's been on a Japanese site for maybe a day or two. We just haven't caught it. It's on some blog or something somewhere. And so we turned to these sites. We looked. We looked. I spent half a morning, and there was nothing out there. Nothing at all. There, no. At all. There was just nothing. No Japanese site was reporting this, and anything that we did find that was out there was directly quoting bleedingcool.com. Right. I mean, we're looking for anything Toriyama, anything Dragon Ball, anything Shueisha. There was no one talking about any of those three entities in any capacity recently. Right. And just a lot of the details that Rich Johnston was putting out, I, I don't want to say unfounded, but it was kind of, he knew so much in detail that it really made you quite question the legitimacy of this because it just the fact that he knew so much and there was absolutely nothing out there now that's not to say that this may or may not happen no i mean let's stop right there because i mean we've done this on daizen chui x before we've talked about things that have not even appeared on japanese fan sites if you're an outsider and you're reading that for the first time you come in you go oh who the fuck are these people what do they know what is their right. authority on this matter why do they think they can post about this why should i believe this we're kind of turning that around on Rich Johnson here. And I mean, we had Mark who has been on the show several times. He he popped in and said, you know, Rich is a good guy. A lot of he, stories. He knows end Rich up... and he actually follows the site right, that Rich right. runs. So I mean, this stuff ends up being true. So, you know, you've got someone vouching in that respect. At the same time,
same time, I guess the question here is, I mean, people are, I'm sure they're emailing you constantly about this. We, we got yes, emails. it's been very fun. I mean, instantaneously. I thought it was kind of weird. I'm like, is this rich guy emailing me from fake addresses? Because, I mean, that story went up and within minutes, I had an email about it and it was popping in my news feeds anyway. So I, I had already seen it. But I'm just wondering, all right, what's, what's going on here? This is starting to get some traction. The thing we don't want to do is blow a story out of proportion, especially if it ends up not being true. Right. So just don't get your hopes up because at the moment there's nothing solid. There's no official confirmation. And if there ever is one, it might not be for months from now. Uh, You and I both got in touch with Rich. The only thing we heard back was that the source was a senior comic book industry executive. And I totally get where he's coming from. If this is a legitimate story, he's not going to reveal who his source is. That can compromise the thing actually happening, someone, their job. We are very intimately used to this in the Dragon Ball community as of late. So we get it. We totally get it. At the same time, no Japanese sites are talking about this at all. That's a little weird to me. That is weird because a lot of times things come out over there, at least get leaked somewhat, they just kind of know. You know, just kind of like here in the States when something comic book related is going to happen, there are a lot of people that just know and it just becomes common knowledge. Right, and like, it's kinda talked like about. Ares says Frieza. I mean, it was all yes. over the internet before it was announced, but you, you could find references to it if you look. This is the kind of thing we're looking, we're not seeing. So there was a, another tweet from, I, I actually don't know what this source is. Masters of Manga. Masters of Manga, yeah, saying, you know, checked in with Shueisha and this is absolutely not true. I don't know who they are. I don't know what their authority level is, but they seem to be at least based out of Japan. At the same time, if you want to go into conspiracy theorist mode, well, of course, Shueisha is going to say this isn't happening because it hasn't been announced yet. So, exactly. So it's kind of a non-answer. <sighs> so, Heath, you and I have been talking. We kind of don't want to do anything with this news story yet because it's almost not a news story. When we post stuff, we want to have a source. Is this the source? I don't know. Well, and the other issue is just the fact that Rich, when he puts things on Bleeding Cool, there are a lot of them that are just rumors. Right, right. And so it's kind of hard to pick out which one is, well, is this going to be true? Well, we might not know. And I guess we'll get a little meta inside baseball, but the question is, all right, well, what is the role of our sites then? We're not professional journalists and we're not going to pretend we are, but I feel like to some degree we try to play one on the internet at least a little bit. And, at points. <laughs> and try to be realistic and I, I don't I don't know how to describe it. So it's not that we're not going to cover this if it's not real, but right now... We just mutually decided we're not going to publicize <laughs> this as much. It's just weird. I mean, if it breaks, we're obviously going to link it back to this original story and this guy's going to be on our list of, alright, Richard posted something about Dragon Ball again? Probably going to be true. But right now it's just kind of weird. So, But I, I will say that I would be excited if this happens. <laughs> All right, I Except guess it would give me more question. to do. <laughs> right. What is it? Uh, a lot of people theorizing, all right, it's got to be something Dragon Ball Online related because we just got that timeline of the story leading up to Dragon Ball Online. Did you take a look at that at all? I did. Oh, there's some cool stuff in there. I know. And that's, you know, that's the thing is there is so much that he could do. Just the years that he spent working on Dragon Ball Online, he has all this material. So, And he's actually involved in that. Exactly. Yeah. So that would be pretty cool to see. The one that I love the most was, I forget what year it was, but Goku disappears, Vegeta disappears, and it's something like they know that the end of their respective lives is near, so they gotta have one last battle. And that's just like, oh god, that's so good. Can you imagine watching that? Oh, 
amazing. But I, I mean, if you think from just even a, a pure financial standpoint and the way the, the manga and the anime industry has been going over the past couple of years and the way the economy has been, it would be really neat to see Toriyama come back and, you know, really bring manga back in the spotlight. That's what Rich was talking about in this news post, too, was a shot in the arm to the manga industry. Yeah, yes. it, it totally would be. Well, and the coolest thing would be, I mean, I can only imagine to be like Oda or somebody that's yeah so heavily influenced by Toriyama, and now you're both being published together again. I mean, it'd be like a dream come true. Totally, totally. Wow, I get to work with this guy, and then then just even from think of all the more guidebooks Shueisha could make, and <laughs> just things like that. And then you have if they want to adapt an anime to it. I mean, Toei would be all over that. Maybe they just be like, okay, screw Kai, we're doing this new series. Well, hold up, <laughs> I'm still waiting on my Nekomajin OVA. There is. No reason why there hasn't been something at a jump festa or a double feature with something. No reason whatsoever. You're going to keep harping on that for a while, aren't you? I am. It's ridiculous. Half the cast of Dragon Ball shows up at the end. It's money. It's on the table. I agree. People are just walking by it. I will fund it. Come on. Really? Yes, I, I am announcing, I'm announcing my new role as an angel investor in exclusively Nekomajin related products. So, those of you interested, talk to my secretary. And donate. <laughs> and donate lots and lots of money. Defeating the purpose of me being the investor, but whatever. Alright, Heath, I think we're going to wrap up the news here. Is there anything of any other significance that we want to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, those were the big ones. The other thing I did see pop up, it was on uh, Anime News Network, was Machi no Ozawa, which was uh, a Japanese voice actor, recently passed away. He only played Lucifer in Dragon Ball Movie 2, so not not someone usually associated with the Dragon Ball franchise, but we've talked about this before, and it's so sad. Anytime a voice actor passes away, you look at their catalog of work, they've probably worked on Dragon Ball in some capacity. That's, oh, that's definitely. A killer. So, uh, alright, I guess on that downer, we're going to turn it on over to the first topic right now. We're going to talk about out Tenkaichi Tag Team with Gory. The first topic section of our podcast this week, because we're doing two, remember that. We're going to talk video games for a little bit. Tenkaichi Tag Team just recently came out in North America. So to talk about the game, long time no talk, man. Corey, welcome back to the show. I know, it feels like it's been years. <laughs> it's been a very, very long time. And you sound different. You sound better now. Uh, yes, I've become slightly more manly thanks to uh, hormonal therapy. Thank you for noticing. We were talking before we started recording. You're using the uh, Rock Band 2 microphone here. Yeah, I'm pimping the Rock Band 2 mic, which uh, has more than one use now. So Excellent. Right on. Sounds good. Sounds good. You ready to talk video games with me? Uh, sure. Does it have to be this one? <laughs> oh, oh, you're already <laughs> jumping ahead here. All Oops. right, so <laughs> let me do some of the basic info on this game. Back in April 2010, earlier this year, uh, a two-on-two game was announced for the PSP. It was Dragon Ball Tag Versus. This game is developed by Spike, who previously developed the Sparking series on the PS2 and Wii. Those are the ones that came out in North America as the uh, interestingly named Budokai Tenkaichi, as well as they did Raging Blast 1 and the upcoming 2. So Tag Versus came out in Japan on September 30th, and in North America here on 
on October 19th. It's as we're recording the most recent game, but that's about to change in about a week with Raging Blast 2. So we're striking while the iron's hot here. Uh, I just looked this up. It sold just under 20,000 copies in Japan its first week. So it wasn't even available uh, all of that first week. It was the number 10 game for the week. Of course, Pokemon was number one as to be expected. So in terms of us talking about the game, uh, here on the podcast, we talked uh, about the demo a couple of weeks back with Andrew. Well, we had, I think, six characters to mention, and the, you played a demo. There wasn't a whole lot to speak of, although we got a kind of a glimpse at the the gameplay a little bit. So the current Daizenshu EX standard, as it seems to be going now, is we do our initial slash mid-thoughts here on the podcast, and then a full written review comes shortly thereafter over on the website. So look for that hopefully next week, <laughs> just in time for me to do it all again with Raging Blast 2. I both love and loathe this time of year when all the Dragon Ball games hit. Uh, so Corey, <laughs> you already kind of blew the load right at the beginning here. I've noticed <laughs> now that the game is out, no one is really talking about it over on the forum on Daizenshu EX. So let me ask you, why is that? Is it because people don't own PSPs? I mean, maybe that's it? Uh, maybe. I mean, I honestly, I know some people were talking about the uh, games that what was it, Dimps had put out before. Right, right. The Shin Budokai series. Uh, there right. were two games there and I'm fairly certain that Evolution was the same game engine, just reskinned with the live action characters. Yeah, I'm about 100% positive on that one. Haven't endured that one also. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's. I'm honestly not sure. I expected a little bit more conversation about it, but maybe people are just uh, saving up to get it on a deal for the holidays since that's right around the corner with the uh, Black Friday deals and so forth bearing down on us shortly. That's true. I, I mean, I also mentioned we have Raging Blast 2 out next week. There's only less than a month in terms of the North American release, a little bit longer in Japan, which is interesting. They got Tag Versus first and are getting Raging Blast last and then we kind of sandwiched the two in between for ourselves. So less than a month between releases, Raging Blast 2 has the remade special. It's got Hachiyaku and Tobles playable characters. I mean, that's kind of overshadowing it. I I think. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, this one, I think, is kind of targeted at a different niche than the uh, Raging Blast 2 release, but yeah, I, I would assume probably most people are going to go for Raging Blast 2 as opposed to this one. What do you mean they're they're aimed in a different niche? Because Spike developed both of these games, so who are they going after with this one? Uh, this one, I mean, personally, I granted I didn't have a second person with a second PSP to play it against, but I oh, think yeah, a, lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that they're targeting at seems to be, you know, play gets someone else who also has the game in a system, you know, the whole ad hoc, you know, networking and so forth. Of course, the tag element and everything. Right, right. So, I mean, that's so much bigger over in Japan than it is here. You talk strictly about Monster Hunter. It made the PSP these last few years and you hear all the story. I mean, that's transitioned a little bit over into Dragon Quest Nine, but even that's a year old in Japan at this point. But the PSP culture in Japan is pretty different from how it is here. I was thinking, you know, I want to play this multiplayer player too. I think you and I are going to have to do that thing where you go through the PS3 to play multiplayer together. I forget what it's called. It's like party mode or something. Uh, yeah, I actually haven't ever tested that, so that should be interesting. I haven't either. <laughs> we'll have to try it out with this game. It'll be the first time I ever try it. But that is a, a very interesting point. It's tag versus Tenkaichi tag team. It's two on two, but when you're playing by yourself, you're really playing either with the computer or against a computer. We're going to get into all that gameplay stuff. I want to talk about some of the the superficial, the the surface level stuff. You just take a quick glance at the game. I'm sure the first thing that you did 
same as me was try to go switch this game over to the Japanese voice track. What the fuck, man? I think you're fully aware of that considering about five minutes after I said, okay, I'm booting up. I went, my God, why can't I change the voices? <laughs> we're in a very, very different era than we were, say, when Budokai 1 through 3 were coming out in terms of Funimation and voices and casting direction and voice direction and all that. But still, here we are in 2010. The last game that Naoko Bande put out was Dragon Ball DS2, Origins 2 on the DS. It was dub only, but it was also a DS game, and there wasn't a lot of dialogue, mostly just grunts and stuff. Okay, so they did that. Prior to that, though, Raging Blast had dual voices. Attack of the Saiyans on the DS was Japanese voices only, which is weird when you contrast Attack of the Saiyans, which was, again, just mostly grunts and attack names, versus Origins 2, same thing, but they decided to go Japanese only in one, English in the other. And then we had um, Tenkaichi Daiboken Revenge of King Piccolo in the Wii. That was dual voice as well. I just assumed Namco Bandai would carry on the tradition that Atari was doing on the PSP. Yeah dual language why did they not do it here no idea especially considering you know i looked at the size of the actual game uh which i think is a little bit under a gig maybe a little bit over but the medium definitely still would still leave them some space to play around with a bilingual track especially considering unless i missed a lot in my you know quick playthrough uh doesn't seem to be a whole ton of spoken dialogue really i mean it's it's kind of strange <laughs> there is some and i do feel like there is a lot but then i feel like there isn't because i was just playing uh just before we started recording cell just showed up and piccolo and him were talking and i got dialogue from cell he he said you know that classic line i am your brother mm -hmm. and then the two continued to talk but there wasn't any spoken dialogue and i'm wondering well why did they only do dialogue up until that point or for that line and then not continue as part of the exact same i mean i'm just pressing x it's the exact same conversation they do that a lot of points in the game it feels like they'll do like the initial yeah, first yeah. line or three exchange and then they'll switch solely to like a text only which i don't know again it's not like they're taxing the uh the storage capacity of a uh oh hell what's the storage medium <laughs> a umd, uh, a UMD. thank right. you <laughs> Yeah, I was very confused by that. You do have the narrator who kind of opens up each of the little stages. And there's a lot of voice talkings during, say, the final fight of a story arc. Uh, when I was fighting Frieza's, you know, Super Saiyan Goku, they were back and forth, a dialogue verbatim from the show. So I feel like they saved a lot of dialogue for those during the fights rather than on the map screen. But the map screen was really throwing me off with the amount of dialogue they had. But yeah, no Japanese voice track i was not expecting this and i gotta admit i had it spoiled for me on twitter you know before i got the game but still i, I went in there to check anyway and <laughs> moderately devastated to not see that you're listening to daizen shui you're visiting the site you know this is the first thing we're gonna go do and for us to kind of gloss over it would be totally wrong did you kind of hold out hope that maybe when you beat the game it would say it'd be unlocked I did. <laughs> I mean, I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm like, there's an option somewhere, but I know I've been doing some reading. I know there's not. I already see people talk about, you know, the I haven't partaken myself, but I'm aware of the PSP piracy scene. I mean, at this point, everyone is. And I'm familiar with the phrase undub, which I know <laughs> um, is pretty big on the PSP in particular. Uh, I think, what, Valkyria Chronicles 2, that came out as dub only? What's going on, man? I have no idea in all honesty. I mean, that's 
Sega, and Sega does some very strange things to begin with. <laughs> That's so. true. But yeah, there's this whole scene revolving around replacing the voice files and bringing back the Japanese voice tracks on PSP games in particular. Which is interesting, yeah, because I know I did that one time with, uh, and I own the game, so I didn't feel ba- uh, bad about it. I did it with uh, Crisis Core which was interesting to actually play that in Japanese. Did you? Because, I mean, this total side tangent here, I thought Crisis Core had a pretty decent dub. It had an excellent dub, I thought, but the only thing was I had seen that ending scene, and I won't spoil anything in case there's like three people. That scene, while it was good in the dub, I had seen it so many times in the Japanese version, and it was just like an arrow in the heart in that version, that part of me just wanted to be able to play through it in that language still, just for the hell of it. Yeah, I I did the same thing. As soon as I finished it, I hopped over to YouTube and looked up the Japanese version of it. But anyway, so (laughs) back away from Crisis (laughs) Core, back over to Tenka Ishi Tag Team. Oh, what do you think about the title? I mean, we kind of glossed over that. It's not sparking in Japan, which is fun because whenever they market Raging Blast they're always talking about how it's the next evolution of the Sparking series. Right. For this one the American name, you look at the font as well. It's a clear grab back to that Budokai Tenkaichi name that this audience would know. And that's totally yeah. fine with me. It's just an interesting choice they went with there. Yeah, I mean I don't really have a strong opinion either way. I mean it's, it just is pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some other stuff then. Um, how about the menu screens? This is... Kind of the first thing you see on uh, the main screen, you've got, I believe it's Goku and Gohan kind of flying in the background. You cycle through these menu screens. There's a little bit of nice animation in them. I think there's one scene where it's Gohan training with a sword from the Boo arc. They're mm-hmm. very, very crisp. And it's the kind of thing that we got used to in uh, the PS2 versions of the games where they did the 2D artwork. So I was pretty excited to see them carry forward that tradition here. Yeah, I was, I was glad that even though they were stepping down to a medium that was, you know, smaller in capacity and everything. They'd say didn't just have it be a still frame in the background or something like that. Certainly some effort going on there in terms of the presentation. Oh yeah, definitely. Presentation though, the graphics for the game. I know I talked about this a little bit with Andrew a few weeks back with the demo. You look at the press assets for the game, they're pretty crisp. And when you bring it back over to the game itself, there's a little bit of fuzz to it. But at the same time, I'm finding this game to run absolutely smooth as hell. Whatever Spike is doing i gotta give them credit the raging raging blast one was a mess in many ways but it ran absolutely smooth like butter and (laughs) this psp game runs fantastically as well what do you what's your take on kind of the graphics engine of this game it's a little different from what we've seen uh yeah i mean i i definitely can tell what you're saying with the actual promotional stuff they put out versus the actual game uh it's i'm not sure if they tried to kind of blur the edges of the models or something like that and attempt to almost apply some sort of anti-aliasing that's what Uh, it looks like because it's really the edges of the characters you look at that black outline and a little bit of fuzz like it's got some hair on it it's the only way i can describe it (laughs) they're all like kiwis yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i mean i noticed that too and it kind of stuck out at me at first and i couldn't tell because i mean i've played around with enlarging and shrinking stuff down i don't know if they made the models at a higher resolution and then that's just a side effect of them shrinking it down to the psp's native uh, resolution or right i'm wondering that myself it it may have been or it may have been like i said something they just applied so it was you know a difference between either having it look a little blurred or having it look kind of jagged because of aliasing i can't really tell i'm looking up some of the um direct shots from Namco Bandai Assets. Um, the screen size of the shots is 960 by 544. 
Do you happen to know what the native resolution of the PSP is? I can definitely look it up real quick. I'm seeing 480 by 272. Uh, 480 by 272 is what the direct video rips for uh, Crisis Core are. All right, then. So I guess so that maybe is they're a... half in the resolution of their assets. Maybe they made it at a higher resolution. They can do, I don't know, some kind of different port. I, I don't know what's going on with it, but the uh, the assets look a lot crisper. So I can, I can see... Why it might get a little fuzzy when when you have that. Regardless, it it runs very very well. The only time I noticed any slowdown was when I did a Genki Dama, and during its final impact, I guess you call it, things kind of chugged a little bit until all the extra polys went away. But overall, this thing runs great. Yeah, and that almost kind of goes along with the nature of the attack anyway. It's just kind of overwhelming oh, yeah, sure. shits going on type thing. All right, so let's move away from that. Let's talk about the game itself a little bit. Dragon Walker mode. I don't quite understand the titling on this but this is the story mode of the game it's kind of a, a map of the dragon world you're on earth for a little bit and then obviously you're at namek uh, a little bit later on but you fly around you encounter things on the map Corey, what's your take on this mode it's a little similar to some of the things we've seen before but it does its own stuff Man, it's just, maybe it's just me, but it just feels like the same damn thing over and over, and for instance, over again. It's really, really tedious. It really is, and I mean, I understand that they kind of are trying to pad things out, but it's it seems like there could have been better ways to do it, and... Well, by itself... It's not that bad. I mean, we've flown to towns before you talk to someone, maybe get a little fetch quest to go yeah. do. Oh, I dropped a capsule over there. That's cool. Where it really breaks down for me is when I fight five sets of Saibai men in a row. Yes. For no reason. No reason, as near as I can tell. Or how you like the uh, Frieza soldiers showing up in uh, the Boo Arc. <laughs> oh, I haven't hit the Boo Arc oh, yet. I'm sorry, I, spool, I, I spooled I was, an important I was, part of the game for you, I'm sure. <laughs> on the way home, I was saying to Mary, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do in the Boo Arc. Because we've done the Saibai men, we've done the Frieza soldier, we've done the Cell Juniors. What's left to do? They don't have any Boo henchmen. Oh, so it's Frieza soldier in the Boo I, Arc. I'll break down and admit it. I have not played this game in a linear fashion. I actually played I played <laughs> through the Cyan arc, and then I grabbed a completed game save so I could sample like different points of the game. I don't blame you, man. I don't blame and you. And sure enough, I went into the whole Majin Vegeta part, and he's fighting against Frieza soldiers on his way to Goku, and it's just kind of... It left me sort of sitting there with my mouth kind of half open going, all right, that... Doesn't really make any sense, but, you know, disposable henchmen, whatever you can get, I suppose. I at least understand now why Frieza Soldier is a playable character, because in each stage, I guess each world, each series of missions, whatever story arc you're in, on the map, you have these random henchmen flying around. Usually you get one of these little extra stars or kind of mission objective completions if you defeat all of them that are on the map. You don't really get anything beyond that, but they're just kind of hanging out there. Maybe some are a different color, but that at least gave a reason for Frieza Soldier to exist because you can't have <laughs> multiple QEs flying around, but Frieza Soldier, okay, <laughs> I, I'll go with it. But Buark, I don't know, maybe you could have multiple Pui Pui's or someone? I don't know. No, I don't know, just anything except for something recycled. I mean, hell, 
I'd even go with creating some generic thing. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, Barrett's sword. Throw him in there. Why the <laughs> hell not? Farmer with shotgun. Exactly, exactly. You gotta have him hanging yeah, out you there. Know. It, it's just such a tedious mode, and I feel like it's for no reason. That's what's killing me the most about I it. I could have gone for, and I mean, maybe it's because I'm a little bit uh, biased. I never really got into the sparking games, but I could have gone for something more like what they did in uh, Budokai 3, where you kind of flew around to random points on the map that were areas of interest. And some of them, when you actually entered them, there would be someone there to fight you, like, you know, either a character from the cast or maybe like a random enemy or something like that. At least that kind of wouldn't have made it so tedious if you're just trying to shoot across the map and get to the objective. Exactly. Like Tenshin Han's hanging out in the snow mountains over here and he'll spar you for a little bit and you get an item right. if you do that. Here it's just you fight the cell juniors and all right, they disappear. And then another one has spotted you. So he's going to run over before you can even move. <laughs> I have to ask you, can you figure out what the hell the point is of either the square or the triangle? triangle buttons on this map depending on the character you're using gohan kind of puts up this little buffer around him uh i think vegeta fires a little key blast it may knock them away from you but as far as i can tell it doesn't do any damage to them if you enter a match with them it doesn't paralyze them you know mid-match doesn't lower their key and the little triangle thing where you power up and your little icon comes across the screen i i don't think this does anything. I'm pretty sure the deal where you can do some sort of random attack against them is just meant to kind of make them stop for a split second so you can get the hell away from them. The, I think so. Because I did do it once at the beginning of the game, I think, when Goku was going to fight Raditz, but the whole power-up Wahoo thing, I have no idea what the hell that's supposed to do because all it does is really reveal your location to the enemies and then they sprint at you typically in like groups of two anyway. <laughs> right, right. I feel like if you're aura encompasses them and initiates a fight with them but they're so close you could just fly over to them pretty much and it, it obviously only works or not obviously but it only works against your random henchmen it's not like you can fly up to within like a few inches of cell and do it and it alters that fight for some reason right overall the main characters you're going to fight like raditz or like frieza like 17 and 18 they're just hanging out in a position just staying there i think one of the only exceptions i've seen so far is um when you use the taioken on dodoria and you fly away from him he actually chases you and you can initiate a fight again if you catch up with them i believe other than that they're all just hanging out though i do think that's funny that they'll start out like the scenario with them standing right next to you and then <laughs> magically they're like halfway across the fucking world just sort of standing there that just happened with me and cell literally moments before we started recording he showed up oh, he did God. his brother line you know, the screen fades away and then cells on the other side of the map saying defeat cell he was right in front of me oh god there, there's just weird design choices and I'm not sure what it is I feel like something the Budokai 3 idea is great if they're going to do the overworld map like they've done with this that could have been a great way to do it carbon copy of that would have worked for me fine yeah it's been long enough that it wouldn't really feel like a rip off I mean, yeah that was, yeah that was totally. six years ago now believe it or not <laughs> I know isn't that crazy <laughs> even something like maybe a board I don't want to say board game a lot of people oh, didn't God, like don't, Budokai 2 I like it bring that up again I liked it but even the <laughs> Shin Budokai games, uh, I've only played the first game, unfortunately. I know the second game improves in a lot of ways, but you could, it was almost like a, a Mario 3, a Mario World map, if I remember, where you could, you know, go to this dot, or you could choose this other path down here and fight this person instead. That's a lot more streamlined than this is, but I feel like this needed to be streamlined a little bit in its story mode. Yeah, it almost, it's, 
I don't know, it felt like a bad RPG almost, where you don't have random encounters, but you can't avoid not bumping into some random-ass encounter that's not even going to take you more than a couple of minutes, but just the time that oh, not, it takes is frustrating. The, the fights against the Cybermen and the Cell Juniors, unless they're those special white ones that have the green life bars, those are only going to take you a matter of about 15 to 20 seconds. You do a basic combo on they only have one life bar, they're done for. Mm-hmm. And the only benefit you get is you get that mission completed thing at the end of that story arc i'm not seeing much else i didn't see anything either but then again like i said i mean the unlocked the game save i got that had everything unlocked didn't have all the stages fully cleared and it had all the characters there and everything so well that's good to know i don't need to keep doing all of those fights against the cell juniors this arc right, oh we, god we gotta wait get till off you, this wait till you get arc. to the what if stuff uh, i'm actually looking forward to it because right hey. now not good times. Temper your uh, expectations. I'll All just right. say that. <laughs> Let's talk about some other presentation stuff because we could probably just rant on that story mode forever. How about the background <laughs> music? I went into, I think it was training mode, and you can select the background music. I only saw nine tracks in there. I don't know if you can unlock more. Nothing's standing out to me at all right now. How about you? You know, the sad thing is you said background music and I started kind of panicking thinking, oh shit, I can't even remember any of the songs that are in this game. Nope, I can't. I cannot. <laughs> I mean, even when I was playing Attack of the Scions and even Origins 2, there were a couple tunes that I was remembering. Oh, there's one track in both uh, the Wii game and Origins 2 where you're doing some stuff on a beach, I think it was. And that, that track was repeating in my head for days. Here, I've been playing for about a week now. I got nothing. I cannot. I'm playing with the audio on most of the time. <laughs> I don't remember any music here. I can remember stuff from the uh, Budokai games that I haven't touched probably in, you know, four or five years. And I I just stopped playing this five minutes before we started recording and I can't remember anything. Yeah, it's killing me. At the same time, those Budokai games, I mean, that was the resurgence. They got soundtracks. I played through Budokai 3 twice in a row in English then in Japanese. Eh, True. (laughs) I mean, that was just, holy shit, so we got new stuff. So I feel like we're a little bit spoiled now. Oh, yeah, it's a PSP game i'll go play something else Eh, so i I gotta cut some slack in that respect but still i mean nothing is memorable in terms of music here right now yeah but i mean i've i've played other psp titles that have memorable soundtracks so i can't really just diss it because it's a portable system no absolutely not i mean it's all on the composer and the implementation so how about stuff we have not (laughs) forgotten let's talk about uh the loading screen it's a little bit of presentation it's a little bit of gameplay the dragon ball games since the PS2 era have been pretty well known in the Dragon Ball circles for their little, I hesitate to say mini games because rarely do you get anything beneficial out of twirling the joysticks around. This one is Gohan from the Saiyan arc when he's training with Piccolo. He's got his little wooden bowl thing that he's catching berries that are falling from the trees or, or leaves. I can't really tell what they are. Occasionally an apple falls and that gets you a hundred of the D points. But, oh, I thought uh, that was a tomato. <laughs> I think it's an apple. <laughs> All right, that makes Rotten apple. <laughs> regardless, <laughs> it actually gives you something with these D points that you use to buy the capsule items and upgrade your character. So I really like that. It's a PSP game. There's going to be loading. May as well make the best of it. Did you happen to try the tutorial mode at all? Uh, I shot into it for just a moment to look a couple of things up. I didn't actually... I take it there's one where you can actually play with the game engine? Well... 
That's the thing. The tutorial mode, the tutorial itself, is a series of text boxes. Okay, so yeah, that's. I guess I saw everything it had to offer them. <laughs> you did. And then there's the regular practice mode where you can tell the enemy to be very strong and attack or stand still, and that's about it. I was pretty upset about that because what I usually do in the Dragon Ball games is I'll play through a couple story arcs, try to get my bearings, and then it gets to a point where, all right, they're getting a little stronger. I need to start using some of the more advanced techniques. And I mean, as awful as Raging Blast was, at least its <laughs> tutorial mode made you learn some of that new stuff. Here, it's just text and there's no way to immediately implement it. I, I don't know. That feels very, very lazy to me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Especially considering, I know from looking at the commands, they would chain together like a bunch of stuff where, I mean, yeah, you could probably stumble through it and figure it out, but it would be kind of nice to have an actual target to test it against. Oh, that, that is one of my points later on, the stumbling through. Don't worry about that. But yeah, I mean, th there are the follow-ups after you knock them away. You can either knock them into the air, you can sweep them, then you can follow that up with another kind of rush attack, or you can follow up with a throw. I mean, there's a lot of ways to chain things together, and it only tells you in text, and it's kind of up to you to go implement that just on your own. Good luck figuring it out, and that's, that just doesn't do it for me. I, I feel like w with the resurgence of fighting games these last couple of years, they've done a pretty good job in each subsequent release of you know, all the different iterations of Street Fighter and Soul Calibur. They, they give you a pretty good training mode that forces you to complete that objective. Like, what are the perfect parry or whatever they call them in some of these games? You got to nail it before you continue onward. And as awful as it is to try and hit that right timing, damn it, you're going to learn how to do it. And here it's just... Yeah, press X five times. Does that make us hypocritical, though, considering we came from a generation where you would just walk up to an arcade machine and just mash shit until you finally figured something out? I do wonder about that, but I feel like the games were a lot simpler back then, and that extra stuff was kind of like the next tier of fighting. It's like stepping up from a scrub to whatever above scrub is. In these <laughs> Dragon Ball games, I feel like all of those should be essential moves that you need to know how to do because every Dragon Ball character can do a teleport and do a follow-up attack. And that seems to be very base level play for the game. It's only when you're really stringing together things with, I don't know, when you overcharge your key meter and doing advanced stuff there, I feel like, yeah, that that's your upper level of play where you really need to dig into it. Some of this other stuff, I mean, I just want to know how to be more effective defensively. And I don't know, it is a tough call. I see it kind of the other way around because I think that for every game, I think, in this series, you know, even going back to the PS2 iterations, uh, it's always, you know, hold the one trigger, hit the triangle button, you release your one attack, press up along with right, that, and you right. release attack number two. Super attacks are pretty much the same. You just have to have the full meter charged. Right. I always felt that being able to do all the, you know, okay, you know, appear behind your opponent, knock them down, knock them into the air. I always thought that was kind of the more advanced thing, not really the rudimentary points of gameplay. Yeah, I can see that. most of the time, if you watch someone that's just playing it, that's just not really into fighting games or just playing it because it's Dragon Ball, yeah. they're just doing the same damn, you know, attack, attack, attack over and over again, the same key attack over and over again. Oh, hey, look, I can transform. Okay, now I can keep doing that key attack, but it's more powerful. Yeah, yeah you raise a good point. I guess I'm a little conflicted over it because I feel like some of that should be base level, mm -hmm. but, I, but I guess in actual practice... Maybe it's not. Regardless, I feel like... A lot like, of people are scrubs. Yeah, yeah, we all are in Dragon Ball games. I feel Pretty like much. if they're going to explain anything, go all the way with it. And here it's just text for 
everything. I don't know. No, I'm right with you. I'm I'm very conflicted. I, I get where you're coming from, and maybe I'll come around to that. But right now, I want to learn how to play a little better, and I feel like I can't. So <laughs> I'll have to go to YouTube, I guess, for that. Oh, God, that'll just be depressing. I know, I know. Because <laughs> they'll be like the 12-year-old that can do like the fucking thousand-hit combo. I know, I screw those kids. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's, we've talked about the, the story mode a little bit and how you actually go about in and out and playing the game. There's another mode in there that's uh, supplementary to the story mode. There's something called Battle Selection, and it's got three options in it. It's got Battle 100, Survival, and Score Ranking. Did you happen to try out this Battle 100 area? I tried out the Battle 100 just for a couple of minutes. Uh, was there really a point to it? I, other than earning extra D points, I don't think so. But at the same time, I thought it had a neat concept that I think could have worked in place of Dragon Walker mode. The, the point of this is you're on kind of this grid. It's almost like a go board or a checkerboard or something where I think the first one is there's just four dots and each of those dots represents a fight. In one of those fights, I think you have to defeat the opponents within 90 seconds. The other is you have to do a 10 hit combo with such and such damage. And by completing those objectives, it connects the dots with a line and if you make one line you get so many points and then almost like scrabble where you get a triple word score if you you line things up appropriately if you get three of the dots you've made a couple lines and then when you hit the four dots you've made a bunch of lines and it kind of interconnects them all and gives you bonus points for doing that i thought that was pretty neat and even though i've only just started that mode i feel like maybe that's what i'm looking for more in this kind of game where it's take it back to crisis where you have all those side missions some of which only take a couple seconds to do a couple minutes to do they get more progressively difficult that seems to work better for me in a psp game than all right i played the cell arc yeah not only that but i mean i think part of it for me at least and i would think probably for you and damn near every dragon ball fan that's been alive for the past you know 10 years is We've played this particular part of the series, what, like seven or eight times by now? I talk about this endlessly. I, I don't need cutscenes because I've seen the show and I've played the game year in, year out. But yeah, we are playing from the arrival of Raditz to the death of Boo for the umpteenth time. I just don't need to do it again. And I mean, I feel like if you're going to do a game like this, I mean, we've already played the bear, the dry, completely straight from the original source story so many times and can i slightly touch on the what if stuff yeah absolutely go go right ahead the what if thing i mean always was interesting to me because i mean i know i keep fucking bringing it up but the uh budokai games mm -hmm, the uh mm -hmm. The what-if modes, you know, the what-if fusions, stuff like that. Those parts tended to be kind of my favorite parts of those respective games, just because it was something that was new. I mean, once you got past the initial story, there was the little extra shit you could do. This one kind of... It feels like they came up with some ideas that were kind of interesting, and I won't spoil any of them, but the execution seems really kind of piss-poor and rushed. Yeah, so That's a shame. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I would have thought, especially considering, I guess, this is their first uh, attempt to put this series on the PSP. Right, right. I would have thought that maybe they would have, since, I mean, they already had the architecture done and so forth, you would think they would have been a little bit more polished with it, maybe, well, in terms of thing. execution. I mean, you look at Shin Budokai 1 and 2, they already had the entire Budokai series on PS2. We have the same thing going on. Spike has three games in the Sparking series. They've done Raging Blast, and they're ready to release Raging Blast 2. This kind of game isn't new for them, so it's really the implementation of it that they have to work on. And that is probably the lowest point of the game, is the overall implementation and the story. Even these Shin Budokai games, you follow a movie 
story for a little bit. At least that's somewhat novel for a game. I mean, in the Sparking series, yeah, it was, all right, Gohan fights Bojack. All right, Gohan fights Broly. I I feel like the portable games tried to mix it up a little bit with some extra dialogue and some quirky humor here and there, throw Mr. Satan in every once in a while. They could have done something like that here, but it's just the base story. At the same time, there's going to be someone who's picking this up and they haven't played every single game. So they're going to be getting that for maybe... the first maybe the third time and it's still somewhat novel to him but are they going to pick up this game and then turn around and pick up raging blast 2 which is that one supposed to go through the same thing are we going to go through the motions again for that game i know it has we've been seeing some of the early reviews and gameplay out of europe uh, a little bit it's it doesn't have a traditional story mode it's more of a straight up arcade mode series of fights for characters i believe which is you know what? I might be okay with that. I'd actually prefer it at this point just because it seems like, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the characters a little bit in this game. We've mentioned kind of the henchmen characters. If you go over to the Japanese site, it has a great page where it's just got icons of all the characters. It's pretty much a, a by the books Z, A to Z character roster with a couple interesting choices thrown in. We've got Gogeta, we've got Broly, as they seem to want to toss in at every turn they can. Any (laughs) surprises? Any expectations not met? I I feel like it's pretty basic. It's pretty basic, but again, I just feel like it's overload. I mean, maybe it's just me. I think part of me was spoiled by uh, Super DBZ, just because you had a smaller cast of characters, maybe could have used one or two more, but... They, I don't know, there seemed to be more attention paid to the uh, gameplay mechanics, whereas it seems like the approach that they always take here is how many people can we get on the roster so we can make that a big selling point of the game? Because I know this one, they've kind of thrown out, hey, it's 70 playable people. We're back to that questioning the ideology of the different developers. We've got this series over here where it's a smaller roster and more differentiation versus the Spike games where it's throw them all in and square, 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 up and triangle always (laughs) works no matter who it is you're playing. So Mm -hmm. it depends on what you're looking for. But there were really no surprises here, at least in Raging Blast. I mean, they threw in the the couple extra Super Saiyan 3 characters. You talk about the what ifs and, oh, I mean... It throws you off a little bit. It's a neat little thing. Again, in Raging Blast, they didn't even tell you what the story was behind them getting those forms. I don't know that Spike (laughs) knows how to tell a story. Maybe that's what we're coming around to here. It's entirely possible. I know when I played Raging Blast for the couple of minutes and saw, I guess it was the uh, Super Saiyan 3 forms, they just sort of appear on the screen and that's it. (laughs) Yep, yep, there you go. All right, um, before we get into some super in-depth game stuff. Uh, I do want to talk about the customization system, which is kind of a a toss back to the capsule system that we've seen in the past. You have D points and D items, basically zenny or money, whatever you want to call them, and then items that you buy and attach to the characters. Do you do much customization here? I mean, it's the basic attack up one, attack up two, healing power. I looked at it, but in all honesty, like you said, it's just kind of a rehash of what we've done before. And I wasn't really looking for that much in-depth gameplay or that much of an in-depth opinion of it. So I looked at, saw what I could do, shrugged, and then went back out to the character selection screen. Yeah, you can always choose the default character and it's always going to work for you there. Near as I can tell, you can't really customize attacks for your characters. It's all stat adjustments, which... Mm -hmm. 
okay, I mean, that's another way to balance your fights, I, I suppose. But it's there. If you dug it in the past, it's it's here again for you. Let's talk about this real in-depth stuff. Uh, I talked about this a little bit with Andrew a few weeks back with the demo, the HUD for the game. I actually think it's pretty ingenious. And I, it's probably going to be a rehash of what I said before. But with the limited real estate on the screen, if you're having two-on-two, you don't want to have four life bars up here. So the little rings that they do for the enemy opponents, I think it works fantastic. No, I agree. I think especially after seeing and kind of being let down with what they did with the Raging Blast games, I thought they did a really good job with how they laid everything out on the screen. Uh, I thought the uh, the actual reticle I guess that goes around the opponent to show you where they are was a mm -hmm. good way of dealing with, you know, in the original Sparking games, you had a much bigger screen, much easier to locate little things on the landscape. Not so much on the PSP, so they kind of solved that by giving you kind of a target and saying, okay, they're here. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this is the area that they worked on. They made it work for the PSP, and then they had to build a shell around the fighting, and that's where it fell apart a little bit. But yeah, they did a bang-up job in, in this respect, and I think it's going to work fantastically for them should they choose to go forward with it. Oh yeah, definitely. We are talking about this earlier, the, uh, the challenge that the computer puts up. Do you even need to go into those advanced fighting techniques. I'll tell you how I beat every fight. I fire a couple key blasts. I press X to rush in. I do punch, 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 up and triangle to knock them into the air. I follow up with X again. I do a couple more punches and then they fall down. If they only have one life bar, I toss a couple key blasts with triangle to defeat them. And then I wash, rinse, and repeat with the next opponent that has one life bar. This has carried me through to cell. Yeah, that's not going to change for you because it's, I, maybe I have a little bit more finesse. I just stand there and let them try and punch me like an idiot. And then I unleash like an ultimate attack <laughs> right, when I can't. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that was the thing I found interesting. I know that playing on the, uh, the sparking games, I felt like a lot of times the uh, computer was very cheap. It would kind of box you in and just kind of keep wailing on you and just kind of, and in human speed, keep like throwing shit your way. But this one, it seemed very uh, kind of docile. You could just sort of do whatever you wanted and chances were you were going to win. Yeah, th there's been no fights put up against me so far, maybe with the exception of, I think it was Vegeta versus number 18. And I don't know if I was just dozing off or if she was actually putting up somewhat of a fight, but I got down to my last life bar, I think, on that. Although you have Senzu, which restore your health because you have multiple life bars as you go through. But that was the only instance when I was like, oh, I might lose... If I take my hands off... Have you actually been knocked out once yet? I have not. Not a single time. I had that happen to me once just because I was uh, dicking around when I was playing as uh, Majin <laughs> Vegeta. And uh, I went, okay, well, that's, you know, oh, well, I'll start over again. All of a sudden, the screen flashes revenge, and then I pop back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. No, no, I, I've certainly had that happen. I, I had that happen maybe once. I think that was during the 18 fight. But I've never actually lost loss. No, I've never lost restart the match type thing. No. So I, I might have to get a little bit into a story mode and then lose and see where it puts me back to. Because if I have to fight all the Sci-Fi men on that screen again, <laughs> I... I might not pick the game back up. <laughs> the review has been canceled. It will only go up to this point in the game. <laughs> but yeah, is there even a difficulty selection other than... I was just about to ask you that, actually. <laughs> I, don't... I don't think there is. I didn't see one in the options. I haven't really looked around. I know in training mode, you can set them to very strong. I'm just playing on whatever the default is, and I don't know if there's an adjustment, but if there is, I need to go in and tune it because it's not doing anything for me right now. Yeah, unfortunately, I... 
I mean, I don't want it to be frustratingly cheap or anything, but at the same time, it was just kind of very, very easy. It didn't really change when I went to go to later arcs in the game because I figured there'd probably be like a learning curve where yeah, it would start yeah. out kind of simple and then crank it up a little bit. That. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't really seem to do that. And I feel like the onus is on me if. I want to do better and use some more advanced techniques. I mean, if they're going to sit there, I have the ability to go do it. But I don't need to, so why would I? So why am I even playing in the first place? You kind of get into this meta conversation (laughs) about why you game in the first place, but... I don't want it to come off as, yeah, I play games and I'm I'm super good and it's really not a problem for me. They're just... (laughs) They're just standing there. They're not doing anything. I need something. Come on, Spike. You gotta give me something here. We were talking about some of the earlier sparking games. I don't remember which game it was. Maybe it was Neo. But there was a point where I felt the lock on. It snapped. It, it was exactly what I was looking for. And it was almost like I was playing Legends again, where I knew I could hold that button for just the right amount of time. And as soon as I let go, I would be right in their face. And you just you felt like the characters were an extension of yourself. We're at a point again where I don't know if they're relearning their fighting engine. There are times where I'm just I fly past the opponent and we just start flying in circles around each other (laughs) and I can't just stop. Like, seriously, Vegeta, stop. I mean, I know you can stop flying, but then they rush in and then we just kind of go from a clockwise circle to a counterclockwise circle. (laughs) There's just something about that locking onto your opponent. And what kills me is you've got that little circle around them. Like, it's a target on them. And I feel like like you're shooting a gun that has a sight on it. Like, they're right there. I am locked on. Nope, I'm flying off into a mountain. Am I oh, alone God. in this, or have you no, been flying no, in circles? No, no, it's hilarious because it's true. <laughs> okay, all right. I just, I just find myself kind of thinking, well, and it, it has to come up. At least it's not as bad as sagas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we don't have anyone getting whiplash. That's kind of like the saving grace you can kind of throw at any game. It's like, well, this may be fucked up, but it's not as bad as sagas, where you're like standing there almost like dancing. <laughs> Dude, I gotta and tell like you. like the side by men are like dancing around you. <laughs> Coming in this week to me for a grand total of 50 cents off of eBay, I have sagas for the Xbox. For no particular reason, other than it was 50 cents on eBay. Yeah, I got it from, uh, I think I got it from EB Games a while back. They had a used copy that would, it looked like someone had played it maybe for five minutes and then went and traded it in. Man, I bought that on PS2 new, oh. full price on launch. Oh man, I'm sorry. I heard about it before it even hit and I just decided to wait. I think we already talked about what my last point might have been and that was, do you ever do any team-based stuff? We haven't done any multiplayer yet. Do you ever find yourself doing combinations with your computer-controlled opponent solely by accident. Yeah, I'll do some right. stuff, and I'll it'll flash up, you know, combination. And it's like, all right, what what the hell did I do? I was just trying to hit him. <laughs> I've had the exact same thing. It'll be the W burst or whatever. And like, oh, I, I guess I can follow that up too. I mean, obviously it's a computer controlled opponent. You can't say to them, all right, you go over here and we'll time this up and, you know, play volleyball with them or something. But though there are three different settings I noticed that you, I haven't really worked out how they change things, but if you press the actual digital uh, direction pad to the left or the right, there's actually like text below your computer controlled ally. They'll say, I want to say normal. Normal, split, and then 
something else. I can't remember what the third one is. Oh, wow. I haven't discovered this at all. I'm going to have to try that I out. I just did it, it completely by accident because at first I thought that uh, the digital pad would actually control movement, but it's the analog nub. We really ought to talk about that. I feel like that's an important thing. When they switched over to the Raging Blast franchise, yeah, they switched from D-pad controls to analog stick controls, and there's a bit of a, a learning curve with that. And over here on the PSP, I think I talked a little bit about this when we were talking about the demo. I thought I was going to have troubles with the nub. Overall, it's working for me pretty decently, but I feel like that D-pad just, I mean, it's a, we're talking about the PSP, the D-pad's a lot more comfortable than the nub. For I think there's different control settings, though, and I think you may be able to change it up. I just haven't gone through and looked at it yet. I'll have to look at it, because yeah, the, the D-pad does a couple things, like up and down will make your character fly up and down. Well, you have to take your thumb off of controlling your character to even do that. I think that's a huge problem. But I mean, we're out of buttons on the PSP. So yeah, what else are you going to do? Is it just me or when you're playing? And I guess this would go for any sort of fighting game on the PSP. When you're doing actual like uh, the rapid blow exchanges where you have to pound the circle button. Mm-hmm. Is it just me? Or are you scared to death to actually really lay into it? Because I'm just sitting there going, okay, I don't want to break the uh, PSP, but oh, I want to like, I want to do the controller thing that I would do with the regular console and just pound the shit out of that button just mercilessly so I can get the higher hit count. I usually keep my PSP. I have this nice uh, plastic case as a screen cover. It's pretty bulky and it's nice and hefty. Oh yeah, same here. I've been taking the PSP out of that to play this game so I can do stuff like that. I forgot how light and cheap feeling the PSP is and Mm -hmm. yeah, man, I'm I'm losing far too many of those battles because I'm like (laughs) timidly pressing the circle button over here. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, is there anything else? I, I was not expecting to actually go this long about the game. I didn't know that there was that much to say, but I feel like there there is. And I'm only through selling the story arc. I, I've done a bunch of other stuff, though. I feel like I want to like the game more than I do. And I felt that way about all of the Sparking Games. I want to like them more than I actually do. And I feel like there's some good stuff under the skin here with this game, but it's just underneath this shell of crap. I'm I'm really conflicted on it too because I mean I look at it and of the two approaches the two main approaches I'm pretending sagas didn't exist and right, Super right. Super Dragon Ball Z is kind of its own thing so I'm gonna kind of keep it off in a special place but uh, I didn't like the sparking approach as much as the alternative so I kind of wanted to like it because it brought something new to the table it was fun for the occasional playthrough this one picking it up it was kind of part of me wanted to say okay this is their first time out on the PSP, but at the same time it's like, well wait, it's not that different of an architecture. They've got three different games that they've been able to go through and kind of hone the presentation, and it's not the technical aspects like we said, it's not the frame rate or anything like that, it's just the actual overall way that they're kind of throwing it out at us, which doesn't really change depending on what platform you're on. I'm like, all right, it's 2-1-2, that's something new, but that's not really adding anything new to it. So really, it's just portable sparking, which... I'm totally okay with. It's not my favorite game series. I don't loathe it as much as some people may make it out to be with me in these games. I don't dislike them actively to the point of vomiting or anything. I just hate the character designs. We've been over this before, but they just look look wrong. I mean, I look at them and 
we went over the fact that they all look like they've been sprayed with like plasticine, but I don't know what it is. It just looks almost like it looks like a higher res version of like the bad Nintendo renditions of the characters almost. I can totally see that. I totally see that. I, I think you and I both agree that there's something good somewhere in this game and it's shining through enough that we can talk about it. Oh yeah. But, but we just have to wade through so much nonsense to get to it that it is very counterproductive for this game. And if they're gonna do a sequel, there's so many great ways they can go about doing it. Streamline the process a little bit. I mean it's the PSP so you're gonna have to deal with the loading times and I mean the display is what it is they can make a really good game here yeah I mean it's been done before they have the raw materials to do it I just wonder I know that some of the stuff that we're saying is stuff that's been said about I think all of the sparking games oh, but you, I wonder you can apply so many of those comments to insert game here yeah but I wonder what the uh, feedback they're getting actually in Japan is about these because I mean yeah we can sit over here and make comments all day but I wonder how it's being received over there where it might actually make a difference I guess with development. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, twenty thousand copies. It did fairly well in its first, not even full week. It, it charted. That's something. Mm-hmm. It'll be uh, it'll be fun to keep an eye on the media create lists to uh, see how well it does moving forward. Oh, just one last thing I wanted to touch on. I yeah, know yeah. you. I know you were talking about. You've got a note about it being based on the Nicktoons edited version. I guess with the oh, name and attack changes. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, it's the dub only stuff. But and the cast changes too. We didn't talk about that either. Yeah, yeah. Because this is the first kind of video, I think at least it's the first video game presentation with some of the newer voices, right? It is, it is. We've got Eras as Frieza. We've, yeah, we've got those changes, but we have special beam cannon and that kind of stuff. But Kaioken is pronounced correctly. So it's kind of this mishmash of Nicktoons edit and Uncut Kai. Some of this stuff is kind of confusing me too, because there are the one thing I think that sticks out to me because I was playing it not too long before we started recording was Trunks. Uh, Shibi Trunks has a attack. I want to say it's one of his ultimates called the Big Tree Cannon. Okay. <laughs> what what the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know if that's did what I it's tune, called. Did I tune out during that part of the series and there was something in, in the dub, I mean, has this ever been heard before? Is this something you've ever heard? You're asking the wrong dude, man. Hey, you've you've played through all the games, so I know some of it translates over to the games. I was just curious if it had ever popped up before. Yeah, I've played through the games, but I haven't played through an English version of a game. Well, I guess I did Raging Blast, but prior to that, Budokai 3 onwards, it's been Japanese only, so... Gotcha. I'm going like, Kamehameha, alright, got it. Giotic Alright, I'm good. So, I mean, but even when you're playing it in Japanese, doesn't it have the English subtitles? Like the attack names overlaid? No, no, I meant on for the Sparking Apes, I was playing the actual Japanese version. Oh, you were of playing the, the actual import game. Yeah, okay, I yeah. thought you meant you were playing them on the Japanese setting. No, no. <laughs> PS2, second half of that generation was JP only for me. Gotcha. I couldn't be asked. I, I mean, I got Super Dragon Ball Z from Japan just for the hell of it because I got a really sweet deal on it. But yeah, the yeah. other games, I... Just couldn't really be asked to spend the extra money to import them. Yeah, dude, it's like seventy-five bucks to to get all those. Yeah, unless you unless you wait for like the uh, 
big clear outs where they're out when it hits the PlayStation the best exactly. collection or whatever. All right, I, I guess we should wrap this up. We've kind of already given our final thoughts on it. There's there's a decent game in here somewhere. Uh, I've still got a little bit to go in the story mode. I don't know if they're going to bother with the sequel because we got those rumors of the PSP2 coming up. So will they crank out another one here? If they do, they've got a great basis to do a decent game. Uh, and I do want to point something out that may have been be of interest to some people. Sure. Uh, I think I had read that this was not available on the PlayStation Network yet? That's correct. It's not going to be. I checked in with Namco Bandai on that. It's a UMD only. I gotcha. Well, so if anyone has a PSP Go, you will not be playing this game. I guess that'll wrap it up. Uh, look for uh, the final review on Daizen X in asininely long text form at some point <laughs> in the near future, and I'll start it all off again with Raging Blast 2. Corey, thanks for talking PSP stuff with me. Thanks for having me on. All right, Heath, we're back. You ready to talk about Kai's soundtrack three and songs? I am. I know the last time you and I talked about music, I think it was the Kai song collection, right? It was. All right. Well, this is an appropriate Which follow-up. Which had to that. a lot more songs. It did. It sure one. did. All right. So let me give you the basic info on this one. Catalog number COCX three six four two four. This came out back on September twenty second for twenty eight hundred yen, kind of the standard price for a CD. Uh, it is twenty nine tracks. And there's just one standard edition. There's no special or limited edition version, no boxes, no stickers, nothing special like that. I have like a theory that. on that. All right, what's your theory? I think after they released Kokono Rohane, like <laughs> the, the singles, they're like, holy shit, that was way too many special editions. <laughs> We're done with this. Uh, so this is an interesting CD in that it's very different from almost anything we've had with Dragon Ball before. There have been CDs that have had a little bit of a combination of music from the show plus vocal songs usually as a part of a larger CD collection. We had something like Hit, oh, what was it? Hit Song Collection 7 that had those Legend of the Dragon Ball tracks that were just little instrumentals, but they weren't actually from the show, intermixed with image songs and insert songs and stuff. This one's different because it is Kai background music. It is the opening and ending, but it's got three vocal songs too. Exclusive vocal songs that we've yet to hear in any capacity on the show. Right, they're not in the show. We don't know if they will be used in the show. Not everything that was on the Dragon Ball Kai song collection ended up getting used, which I'm shocked. I figured, what was it, Cure Dende's song by I Hear It Now? I figured yes. that was a shoe-in for at some point with Dende. Well, especially since she sang it. Right, right. I mean, we still have time with Dende. It could show up you know, when Dende's back to be God or something like that. But but he doesn't really heal anyone, does he? <laughs> no, no, not at all. And isn't in the song, isn't he talking about Planet Namek a little bit? I have to go back and listen to the Well, lyrics. yeah, he, he mentions Namek, and then he basically basically goes through the story of, I'm curing you from this and this. What we're going to do is really focus on these three songs, because... If you're buying the CD, you're either going just for the background music or mainly for the songs. I feel like there's not too many people that are super excited about both of those things. You could be, but I don't know. So you're going to have to tell us what kind of music fans you guys are out there. And the the one interesting thing is some of the background music that's on the CD hasn't even shown up in the series yet. Oh, totally. I think there's still a couple tracks from prior Kai soundtracks. I was looking through some of Kenny Sue's posts on uh, our forum on Daizen Shui X. It's weird. Yama Moto's arrangements, the way that they get used or not He's going to end up making a rock version of every single one. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You get the rock version, the synth version, the orchestral version, good to go. I think what we'll do is really focus on these three. For now, they're just image songs. Maybe they'll be insert songs later on down the road. And we'll 
cherry pick maybe some background music. I, I, I don't know. We got to start it off, though. I think this was the one that I was most excited about, particularly once I found out that Norio Wakamoto was not performing on the CD. I know, which was a shame. That would have been my number one. Instead, my favorite is Tata Hitori no Senshi. I say my favorite. I guess that kind of ruins it. It's my favorite track by far on this entire CD. Isn't this... I think it's just a straight-up good song. Forget about it being a Dragon Ball song performed by a voice actor that we know and love. It's a good arrangement. The synth in this song, it doesn't feel 80s Dragon Ball. It feels kind of modern synth integration. With I don't know how to describe of it. 80s, it's, it's kind of weird because it does feel like uh, almost a classic rock with some synth, but it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. modern. So it's it just really works because it ties everything together, and the way they did it is amazing. And Kusao, just the way he sings even is just Let me awesome. ask you, do you hear Trunks in his performance? I do. Do you? Because just I a really bit. Don't. I mean, it's not entirely there because he, he's changed his inflection a little yeah, yeah. And how he says some of the stuff but a lot of the phrases you can just I think it's more Trunks persona comes yeah, through yeah. than him actually sounding like Trunks definitely I mean the big line of the song to me is I want to change my world <laughs> just that be any more I think Trunks? all the the English phrases that are just thrown throughout the entire song just really add they have changed the future and I can fight with whomever I just want to change my world <laughs> it's like I don't know. It, it borders on cheesy, but it's so well done that I, I don't think it crosses that line. And like you mentioned before, the, the song itself is just so good. I, I You could really see this just being on somebody's album. Yeah, so I'm yeah. just going to do this. I, I do have to point out the obligatory key change at the end, which yes. we've come to expect, but it's, it's so predictable and it's a little bit awkward that I'm kind of going, oh, you, you went there. You went there. Eh, it was okay for me. It, for was, that part. it was okay. I mean, at that point, the song was so good that all right, you want to do key change and extend the song for another chorus. So be it. But because the song's in total about four minutes long, right? So right. you've already heard three quarters of the song. But I do like the ending. Did you like the ending? I love everything about this song. It is a great ending. Where it just all the background music just cuts out, and he just sings it. You know, I want to change my world. Right. He's harmonizing with himself there. Yeah. Oh, such a good song. And I think that's what makes it so much better than some of the other image songs we've heard in the past. It's got such a. It's so I don't know self aware of itself, and it's it's just well written from beginning to end it it's got a purpose they don't just fade it out like they could do with any other song they really knew what they wanted to do with this one do you know who arranged this i don't i actually don't have the cd in front of me right now yeah i don't either it's two floors above i don't have the credits unfortunately i know toward the end there's just wicked guitar shredding i don't know who they had but that guy was good we've always had great you go back to we got a power the the shredding guitar solo all the way back there it just carries forward throughout dragon ball so we're used to it but it's badass every time we hear it definitely and i think that's that's where some of that 80s classic rock kind of kicks in it does it does but i feel like we keep saying yeah it's got that vibe to it but it's still so modern i like the song so much i feel like i don't have enough to say about it it just kind of speaks for itself and that's cliche to say but this one, I think, in particular does. When I got the album, that's the first song I went to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I just put on repeat. I listened to that song for just about an hour. I mean, I, it was so good. I didn't so do it good. that long, but I did listen to it a couple times. I think I'm way. exaggerating, but I'm going to say it was an hour. Okay. All right.
Alright, so let's leave that one behind. It's definitely the highlight of the CD. The next vocal song, Little Ways Down the CD, is My 18th Magic, written out in English. This one is performed by Kanon, who is Kanon Yamamoto. Is she married to Kenji Yamamoto? I don't know, but I was just wondering the same thing. I would imagine so. The two have collaborated so often. When you see the names Kens and Kanon, it's actually Kenji Yamamoto and Kanon Yamamoto together. Um, she's performed vocal She's arranged and written songs before she was involved with Over the Star, which was the first insert song in Kai. I believe she sang that too, didn't she? No, that was Saki Oshitani. Oh, that's right. But I mean, you go back to video games with Kenji Yamamoto. She's been there all along. I think she did some backing vocals and some of the game songs as well. So it's a person, whether it's a voice or arrangement style we've heard before. What were you expecting out of this song? We thought it might be related to number 18 and then as as we get the album art, I mean, it's Goku, of course, is on the cover, but then it's Trunks number 18 and Cell. Okay, probably related to number 18. What did you think this was going to be going into it? I really almost had no expectations because I didn't know what it would be. Because at this point in the series, it's like, what does number 18 do? I mean, we never really see her fight except against Vegeta. And then after that, she just gets absorbed and then Krillin falls in love and she comes back. So it's, I don't know. I was almost thinking maybe it'd be more of from Krillin's perspective of Mm. my 18th magic about 18 but i don't know it's just it's very much a j-pop song there's no other way to describe it for me what i think of with her vocals i think the last time i I really recognized her performing was the opening theme to infinite world hikari no sasu mirai a she did the oh no it was in the ending in dragon ball party she did the rap in that song toward the end and in my 18th magic i just did it just before we started recording i was trying to transcribe some of these we get into a little breakdown and she takes it away i want to mess up your life because I'm addicted you know I'm gonna destroy something I can't really tell are you disgusted and it's like baby baby do me a favor and then she says you know I'm you gonna know I'm a spender she's as far as I know she's just talking about being a total bitch and loving every second of it basically it's a weird song it really it's a is a weird I, song I don't know how it fits in at all and if this somehow ends up being used as an insert song I'd be thoroughly shocked and amazed and I would want to know whose idea it was I have the on the notes and I meant to do it but I guess we'll we'll wrap it up with those thoughts we'll, we'll come back to when it can be if it can be an insert song I think this one can be <laughs> this song is it's totally bizarre it's extremely upbeat and peppy and she's just kind of dancing over every single last syllable in the song I was not and then expecting just the, this. the female background singers and repeating what she says it's like wow this you is... kind of picture some background singers doing jazz hands and singing along yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> but at the same time, she's like, you guys all suck, and I'm a bitch, and we're all happy. Let's dance. Absolutely the surprise of the CD for me, simply because I had no expectations. And even if I did, this would have blown them out of the water. I can't decide if I like the song or not. I think I do in kind of a tongue-in-cheek way, but I'm not sure. How about you? I can maybe learn to like it, but I doubt I'm ever going to listen to it again. No, it's not one that's going in a playlist, unless it ends up as an insert song and by default it gets thrown on you know my custom playlist of actually used songs we'll it see. might be on my see. custom playlist but i'm sure my shuffle will find a way to skip around it
right, let's leave that one behind. Let's turn to the last new vocal right now image song of Kai Soundtrack 3 and Songs. And this is the one that everyone was really looking forward to originally when we didn't know who was going to be singing what. Absolutely. We knew there was going to be a song about Trunks and Cell. It was kind of the first info we knew about this. Then we found out that Takashi Kusao was indeed going to be singing it. Then we learned about My 18th Magic. News of the Cell game. Who would be performing it? Would it be Norio Wakamoto reprising the role of Cell to sing about how great he is and announcing to the world his game? No, this is performed by Kenji Utsuki, who is another crazy Japanese rock singer. Yes. Although he's not a demon like the last guy was with only a chilling elegy. That was pretty awesome, though. (laughs) It was, it was. I don't want to take anything away from that one, for sure. My thoughts on this song, I've joked about it, I think, on the show before. I, I know I've talked in person people about this. I cannot decide if this song is fantastically awesome or fantastically awful. I don't know. So Heath, you're going to have to take it away here. The one thing that I knew, I know what they were going for at the beginning, but I really, the electric sounds that they use, Mm -hmm. I don't like those. I thought they could have just led right into the song without needing that to build up into the song. I knew they were kind of going for some futuristic kind of sound, but I don't know, it didn't work for me. It's a weird one, and Otsuki's delivery is, I feel like he wants to be Cell, but he's he's certainly no Norio Wakamoto Cell. I mean, I will say it, it, it has a nice beat to it, and then at certain points through the song, there's this eerie undertone that kind of comes in like oh starting to get eerie the cell games are coming and all of a sudden just goes back to hard rock wait where'd where'd the eerie go i like that yeah i I really don't know where they were going with this one and because of that i feel very misguided about all right so what's this song doing Do, do i like this part of it or is that just weird i i can't get a reading on this song for myself it's it's hard at least with my 18th magic it was pretty like wow this is hilarious well you just throw in that english rap at the the middle yeah. end of the song and you're good right there to comment on but this one it's it's one of those performances where you can tell he's really trying to be serious about it and they want it to be a really good song they just did a couple things that take you out of it at points and you kind of question what's going on i don't think you should ever want to do that in a song it wants to be a little wacky and then it goes into seru seru game and then it goes into almost rammstein in the yeah. next part of it and i can't tell what they're doing it's just very very bizarre i mean it's a good song i think is it do you think it's a good song because i think it's a good song i'm I don't not think entirely it's a sure it is great song but i am pretty borderline on good and what the hell was that that was definitely my first response to the song was what the hell was that and then i went back in the loop and and listened to the rest of them all over again and
All right, so those are the three new image songs. Something I want to talk about is if they can be used as an insert song. And if they can be, where would be a good place to use it? How about Trunks' song? Where do you think this could be used if they decide to go with it? Considering we're already past the point where Mind Power Key was used. I'm thinking they could use it when Trunks goes back to the future and fights everyone. Thing. And they kind of, since it is Kai, they'll speed things up and they could make a whole montage of him just facing 17 and 18 and then taking on Cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started with him fighting 17 and 18, bring it back out, and then he talks to his mom for a little bit, I think some time passes, and then Cell's back, bring in the end of the song and wrap up the episode with Trunks destroying Cell and the ending to the song. That could work I think it'd be well. really cool, I don't know, this just popped in my head, but if they did it so that you see Trunks finish off Cell and then it just kind of fades to black and then the black part then the music cuts out and that's when he's like With I just want to change my world and then it just ends alright we're gonna edit it we're gonna make it ourselves <laughs> that's the way it's gonna go so good so good I think that's uh, probably the only place that would make the most sense to use the song at this point yeah I'm not quite I mean you could maybe use it in a couple other places when he gets really pissed because Cell took out Vegeta but I think this would just work so much better if they did it when he went back to the future Future. Have they already gotten to the point where he has that strange flashback to what would be the Trunks TV special? I'm not really keeping up yes. the most recent episodes. They've already passed that? Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't used there then. Was that part even kept in Kai? Uh, but they cut it way down. Did they? It was okay. mostly just him and his mom kind of standing in the rubble and you see the people laying around. That was about it. Alright, my 18th magic. <laughs> if this was going to be used as an insert song, where the hell could this be used? They're going to use it as the new ending theme. Okay, done. It's confirmed. <laughs> I really don't see how this could be used for anything. She's not significant enough of a character to warrant a song. I hope to God they don't use it. <laughs> There's just no place for this. It's going to go with a lot of the other image songs that we've gotten over the years that, hey, somebody thought this was a good idea, so they made it, and that's it. All right, news of the Cell Game. Where do you think this hmm. could be used? Hmm. Seems like there's a very logical place for it to be used by title alone. <laughs> you would think. Um, after the Cell games are over, yes, yes, they will announce yeah. them with this song. Yeah, I, I could see this being used in the background when everyone's watching television. That's got to be the only place. They could kind of do it even without the vocal and just use a, a karaoke track or something. Definitely. But they could always bring it back. If they actually get to the Majin Buu arc and use that when all the, the rubber warriors are fighting. Yeah, that, that makes know. sense. That's the only other time I could think they would use it. But by that point, I don't think it'd be worth it. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about Kai soundtrack three and songs? Probably one of the best. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. Probably the best background piece that's on the entire track is track number 17 called Satan's Song and Dance. I agree with you 100%. Whoever the hell wrote that song, get that guy a Grammy or something, fly him over here, because that song is money. <laughs> it totally is. I was not expecting to like it, but it's it's so good. It is. I mean, it just it encompasses the character entirely, and not from the viewpoint of all the people on Earth, from the viyupoint of the z century of like, oh my god, this yes, guy's a moron. Absolutely. And you as a fan just watching this guy, because when I first listened to it, it just it's essentially circus music. It is, it is. But, but it's not like do, 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 circus music. It's right. as if you're watching someone make a circus of themselves, which Mr. Satan that truly does. That is a does. very good way to put it. it. I mean, it was just right on. If you had to say, what do you think this character is like? <laughs> Play just that listen song. to this song. 
Totally. And you'll know. There's a lot of other pretty good songs on here. As you know, I'm not really keeping up with Kai, so I have a little bit of familiarity with some of the songs if I check in with some scenes. I can tell that Yamamoto's branching out a little bit. This doesn't sound as samey as Kai Soundtracks 1 and 2 felt yeah. to me. I, you could sit down and listen to 1 and then listen to 2, and you'd never oh, really yeah. know that you skipped from one CD to the other. Definitely. And it makes sense. We're into a new story arc. I feel like he's progressing just as Kikuchi's score did as well. He's progressing along with the tone of the series, and the music makes right. sense to me. He went for a really futuristic sound right at the beginning when Trunks first shows yes, up. Yeah, he sure did. And then just a lot of his music was actually really good. The, I like the mystery music that he's come up with when Cell has been around. Mm, okay, is that track six? There's some other good stuff. There's a couple tracks toward the end of the CD. I unfortunately didn't know which ones they were, what their titles were, but I was really getting into them. But because I'm not keeping up with Kai, I don't have as much of an attachment to some of these songs as I otherwise might have. So it's a weird CD for me where I was looking forward to the vocal songs more than the background music. And I was too. And I've actually kind of been keeping up with the series. So I guess that kind of tells you what right. they were shooting for. There may be a reason that they put these on here. There may be a reason that, you know, they put the vocal tracks on just because maybe somebody came along and said, you know, these aren't quite selling as well as pure background music. But the song collection we did was amazing. That's true. That song collection might have done pretty well. So they want to combine their releases. And of course, this was the first album that has the new ending theme, Kokoro right, no right. Hane. Yeah, we've had the 11 CD singles, but you've got the TV size version here. I was going to say, you know, it's really good to have as well is the next episode preview, Kokoro yes. no Hane version. So I'm, I'm glad. I love that. When they first switched that, the first time I heard that, I was like, you know, I don't know if I quite like that. And then I heard it a second time. And I think that's one of the best ones that they've had. That's something that I've always loved about Dragon Ball. There's something to whatever that next episode preview music is. And the recaps always did the same thing. There's kind of this basic rhythm to them, which yeah. allows you to take elements from Hedgehala or We Got a Power, elements from Dragon Soul or Kokoro no Hane. And somehow you can just mix and match those elements and it sounds similar enough so you know it's the recap music or the preview music. Well, even for the eye catches. Right, right. They're just flawless transitions using those songs. I love them. Well, and that was one thing that I, I did like that they did with Kai. I mean, there are a lot of things that they said, you know, this worked when we did it before, so right, we're just going right. to do it again. That's my take on Kai Soundtrack 3. The question I always like to ask people, Heath, is this is 2,800 yen. Who is the fan that's going to go buy this one? The fan that would go buy this is the fan that has 2,800 yen. <laughs> Keeping in mind, it's probably going to cost you about a third of that to ship it to you. The vocal tracks really make it worth it. But there's only three. That is the problem. And all the vocal tracks aren't with each other. They're spread out. I That's think true. Yeah, like yeah. nine, 13, and 18 or something like that. Right. So, yeah, it's 
pretty good because you get the background music in between the songs. You're not stuck to, hey, here's three vocal tracks, and then now here's 20 tracks. Well, I don't know. I think it depends on what you're looking for. Sometimes I want to listen to just background music, and if I pop this in as a CD, that would throw me off a little bit. But we we are in the day and age where I get in my CDs, I rip them, and I have my you know custom playlist. So right, I was also before they announced a track list. In my mind, for some reason, I was expecting a straight background part, and then the last three tracks they would just stick these at the end. Yeah, me too. Or something because the way they've done this with Dragon Ball CDs since God knows when they set it up like an episode. So you're essentially watching an episode but just listening to it. And so it is kind of weird sometimes when they throw these songs in and they're in the middle, but they're really not in the show. Right. So they kind of act as insert songs to the CD because it starts with the title music and then the recap and then the opening and then music. And it closes with the ending and the preview with insert songs in the middle. I still want to know, though, because I'm I'm really intrigued and we won't know for a couple months at least, probably not until January, but when they get to the Boo arc, I want to know if we're going to get a new opening theme. If they're literally just saying, hey, we're going to do exactly what we did with Z and just wait till we get to that point. I'm anticipating it'll stay Dragon Soul and we'll get even more new animation. More so- The Saibai men won't stay there. Yes. And we'll get a new <laughs> That ending. still pisses me off. I can't... Some of those scenes, I don't know why the hell they left those in. But it is a little weird. Whatever. That's what I'm anticipating and I'm all for it because I like seeing the same song with new parts to it. I like Dragon Soul enough that I'll keep it. I do too. Dragon Soul, Dragon Soul has always been one of those constants, at least from the beginning, where everyone's like, you know, that is a Dragon Ball song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Would have preferred Hironobu Kageyama sing it, but so be it. Speaking of which, full version of Battle of Omega, have you listened to it at all? I have. I'm digging it. I, I gotta... I like it. I want my CD single. I'm checking... We'll review that next. Every single day, but... Alright, so, um, that's kind of our take on Kai's Soundtrack 3 and Songs. Not entirely sure who's gonna go out and buy this one. You, you really need to like insert image songs and you really need to like background music to order this one otherwise it's one of those eventually pickups yes all right so with uh two of our topics this week done we're gonna turn it on to uh, i guess we'll do the first week in november for releases just this first week first one up is dragon ball raging blast 2 it's important because it's coming out it's got the new feature all that good stuff it's the current generation update of the sparking series from spike if you're unfamiliar if you're listening to us if you're visiting the website you probably know about this game by now coming up from namco bandai for the ps3 and 360 in north america msrp is 59.99 uh if you still haven't pre-ordered it amazon's got that ten dollar gaming credit and you can get free shipping because it's above 25 bucks so that might be a way to go if you kind of want to make the best of your purchases we're getting the game first we get it then europe gets it then japan gets it which is really kind of weird actually yeah rock on for us Heath, take us over to ooh, australia australia on wednesday november 3rd they will get dragon ball z kai part two which will come out on blu-ray and dvd from madman via funimation it will contain kai episodes 14 through 26 and those will all be in full screen correct yeah it's just Carbon copy, Funimation yep. release. And you can pick up the DVD for fifty nine ninety five or the Blu-ray $64.95. Right. So really not that bad. If you have Blu-ray, it's only $5 more, so I would get that. Yeah, Funimation's really pushing Blu-ray in that respect, where instead of the $10 price increase, they're only doing 5 They're eating some of that cost, so good on them. Uh, last thing we'll tell you about right now is we've been mentioning this, but it's coming out in new month. Dragon Ball Kai DVD single disc. We are into whether what they are calling the Jinzu 
Dragon's Oningen and Cell Arc. It's volume two of that, but overall it is volume 20 of Dragon Ball Kai on DVD. This is episodes 58 through 60. Remember that the Japanese DVDs are to Suxors, 16 by 9 cropped standard definition. It is 2,940 yen. CD Japan's got the 2,800 and Amazon Japan's got the 2,175. With that done, Heath, I'm reading you an email. Keith, I held on to this one for you in particular because you have a feature over on Constantai, which I love the title. Your dragon boxes are not perfect. It's a good article. People read that, and I think it confused a couple of people where they thought you might be ragging on the American releases, but can you just give me a brief overview of what that article's really about? Uh, the article's really about the original Japanese Dragon Boxes that came out in the early 2000s. As perfect as we want them to be, while they're still probably the most perfect release we may get, there are things that are missing that we do know exist because they've been on fan subs they were originally broadcast and aired. So it really just kind of gives a background of what the Dragon Box was and what is missing. And for a lot of the cases, we've actually scoured the internet or just through people we know in Japan, gotten a hold of some of these things. And we actually put them up so you can see what is missing. In total ass quality in some cases, but... I mean, that's what you get. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess that's why we're not upset over this stuff, but it's like, oh, this is all we have. Wouldn't it be great? Something that, I mean, we'll get to the email in a second, but something that I know exists is fuller quality versions of all three PS1 game intros. Can you imagine having the Final Bout intro at something other than 160 by 120? Yes. That would be pretty cool. That was one other thing is we didn't quite get into it, but there are a lot of things that do exist or we know are out there somewhere and they just weren't put on as extras even. And Just as a parallel, I know all the CG for Final Fantasy VII was rendered at larger than 160 by 120 for the PS1. I think the PC version got 320 by 240. That might have been its native resolution. But I mean, that when you be. compress it down to these older generation game discs, you lost a lot. Anyway, so this email comes to us from Brittany, she says, Hello, X crew. I have a question. When I was searching the internet, I found an article on Dragon Ball Wiki, and we shall withhold all comments about said yes. entity right here. I remember on your show years ago, you guys talked about a guy on YouTube. I think his name was Peking Docker or something similar. He had clips of this. I'm pretty sure his account was taken down. But my question is, is there anywhere to watch it? Was it included on any random DVD or Dragon Box set? Thanks. And the title of this was Looking Back at It All, the Dragon Ball Z Year end show. But Heath, there are a couple interesting little TV specials, so to speak, that aren't the traditional one and two that we think of. So what are these? There there are two, and for a lot of people they've actually been confused where they think one is one well actually the other one is the one they're thinking of. And even when I first wrote this, I was like, wait, these dates aren't matching up at all. Yeah, and- I had the same confusion. I think that might have originated from, it's a name some of you older folks would be familiar with, Rom and of course, you, yep. you play Final Fantasy Tactics, you know the name, but that's not who we're talking about. Who had um, one of these astacular, and he listens to the show. He, he reached out to me recently. I think he pops up like once every two years. We're so glad to have you back. Um, stay with us now, and we'll talk about stuff, Ramza. Anyway, Heath, take it away. <laughs> there was a movie overview special that a lot of people refer to as the third Dragon Ball Z TV special. And basically what happened is, I believe, when July 11th, 1992, this aired 
sometime during the end of the Cell games on Fuji TV, and it was just a recap of what had happened so far, and it's hosted by Goku and Gohan, and they show up in these nice white tuxes and right, their right. bow ties and little ruffles. And they go through and they, they talk about the upcoming movie that's going to be released. It's kind of just a big promo kind of thing. And they show footage from the new movie, which was Dragon Ball Z Movie 7. Yes, that's right. Yep. Extreme Battle, the three great super signs. But up to that, they actually recap almost all of the original movies from Dragon Ball and then all of the Dragon Ball Z movies up to that point. And so it just gives a brief history of what's going on with the movies, kind of how they relate to the series. And that's about it. There's not a whole lot of new footage to it other than Goku and Gohan. No, it's the White Tuxes. Right. But it's kind of neat because it starts out with the opening of Dragon Ball Z Movie 7, where uh, 13, 14, 15 show up, and they're kind of fighting, and then Trunks and Goku fly off, and then all of a sudden, Goku and Gohan just land, and they're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Which is how I saw it start, and this may have been from Ramza's YouTube version from so long ago, because he had to cut it down to so. 10 minutes at the time. I'm pretty sure that version starts with just them and their tuxes, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, I believe it's about 30 to 45 minutes originally. Um, I've only been able to find a few clips by do know people that actually own the whole thing, but I'm trying to convince them to kind of get that over here so right. I can see the whole thing. That would Definitely. be nice. Um, but that's the first one. And it's originally what a lot of people were confusing as the year-end special. Right. And this is the one that I think is occasionally listed by Toei as TV special number three, right? Yes. Okay. And for the longest time, the one reason that a lot of people were up in arms, eh, I shouldn't say up in arms, but a lot of people were a tad upset that this wasn't included with the Dragon box was because when the Dragon Boxes first came out in Japan, Toei had actually listed this footage in their film archive. Oh. So we knew it existed. We knew it was there. We know so they why have didn't it. They Those bastards. It. They're holding out on us. Exactly. But this aired on December 31st, 1993, and it's Goku, Gohan, and Goten, and they just go through what's happened over the years. It's I think they play it off as Goku and Gohan are telling Goten what things had happened before he was born. So they do flashbacks of like the Cell games and the Science Saga with Vegeta and Namek. And they're all just in a hot tub, naked, chilling out, because that's what families do. That one I really like, and I, I wish we could have gotten it. I believe that one was only about a half an hour. Yeah, that was a shorter one. Yeah, it 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 aired right after the beginning of the 25th Budokai in the series. So that's why they kind of played off like that. Like Goku has come back. Gotcha. And he's meeting Goten for the first time. They're hanging out. And so they sit around telling stories to Goten of all these things they used to do and how they've saved the world. Good times. That's what the Sone family does. Sit around naked and talk about saving the world. That one we actually have, uh, I believe it's the full thing. Was this Peking Duck set? I see that for YouTube version logo up yes. there. Yes. Yes, this was from Peking Duck. I just happened to save a copy. <laughs> he was posting on Daisenshu EX for a while and sharing some of the stuff he had, and then he kind of disappeared again. So, it happens with those people, and I'm, I'm sure yeah. he'll pop up again in a few years. I just love that we actually do have a community where the big fans from Japan know that they can come over here. We've got some of the fans from Korea sharing some of the Dragon Ball Online stuff with us. And even if they can't fully communicate, they at least, they're just so happy to share some of this stuff that they know that not everyone knows about. And well, I'm sure there are a lot of these other little things, like the, the one that I never, 
ever knew this existed was the making of Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, They yeah. take a tour of Toei. It's like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they aired one of these almost before every series started mm-hmm. kind of thing. How many of these things do we not even know about? Because exactly. Peking Duck didn't record it. And there are a lot where, uh, I can't remember the one, where Goku's just made random appearances on shows and there's all these little yeah, neat, yeah. neat things that are out there. And unfortunately, usually when you find them, you don't save them. And the next time you go back, they've been taken down. We have some things over the years like I have a bunch of fan subs where they kept the commercials in so we have like the eyedrops commercials that weren't on the dragon box I've got the GT one some of those kinds of things but those were all within fuller complete episodes rather than in place of an episode rather than aired before that episode back in the VHS days the tapes they pumped out were just the episodes and if it had extra stuff it was an AMV at the end and that was about it and that's how a lot of people originally found out about some of these things was oh I saw a fan sub with this once they don't know what it is because of course the fan sub doesn't document it at all I brought back I think I have four boxes of fan subs in my car trunk right now from last time I visited my family and it's a daunting task I mean I know I have just about every single next episode preview with the movie previews in them. I yes. got to look and see. I think most of those have been collected. So It's things like that that I wish they would have included as just an extra because yeah, yeah. they're 30 seconds long. Right, just throw right. them on a disc. But. All right. So that's kind of it. It's a little plug for your, your section, your feature there. If you go over to Constantine, just click features. It's uh, the one at the top. But it's good because there are these kind of things out there that no one knows about and you have people writing shitty articles about them. Yeah. And- well, when I when I first started on this, I only had those, and somebody, I don't know how it worked out this way, a guy named uh, Jim just emailed me out of the blue while I was actually working on this section, and he's like, hey, I just found this online, and they were the next episode previews for Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Yes, yeah. I had never, ever seen the one for Dragon Ball. Right, right. <laughs> That's so cool. That was at the end of Dr. Slump, right? Right. So that is one theory that a lot of people have why it was never included on the Dragon Box is because Toei may just think of it as this is part of Dragon Ball, or was, as part of Dr. Slump. Was it on the Dr. Slump no. box? Ah. It's, it's never been released. Interesting. Alright, good to have. Well, there you go. There's a little bit of history about two additional DBZ TV specials, and you can sort of go and watch them in decent quality. It's kind of a toss back to what we were all watching on VHS ten years ago, so yeah. it's a live Even our lives I had a, a lot bit. of nostalgia watching some I'm of these. Sure. It's, it's like, sure oh, they're cracking in and out. And So, folks, you have questions. We are happy to clarify and point you to whatever we can when we know what we're talking about. Send all your questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, aspirations, podcast at dizex.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Heath, that's going to wrap it up for us here, man. Sweet. Thanks for doing the podcast. It's been another great episode. It has been, and it's actually much longer than this because we had Corey talking about Tenkaichi Tag Team in there too. Which I'm sure that was an hour. Raw recording? Absolutely. So, like I said, this is the episode for those of you who just you're at work you have seven to eight to nine to twelve hours in the day and you need to kick back we get an email from someone recently i think they said that they work for a library and they're reorganizing all the books and dvds and stuff and i wish i had pulled up that email i apologize i I do remember the email a little bit so we got folks like that who are doing the warehouse work the organizing shelves people at a computer for most of the day and sometimes if i'm coding away on something i'm just gonna listen to podcasts for eight hours so it makes the time go by 
This is for you, folks. We're pouring one out for you. Heath, um, we're definitely going to talk to you again soon on the show because we got a butt ton of new things coming out that I want to talk about with you. That we haven't gotten to yet. I know. We still have those guidebooks that we haven't talked about. I have extra copies to give away and we just haven't gotten to it because we haven't talked about the books yet. So we'll do that maybe next month. But next week on the show, uh, I was planning on doing a manga review. Totally slipped my mind that Raging Blast 2 is going to be out. So next week, I haven't decided who's going to be talking with us, but next week we are certainly doing Plan to Eradicate the Super Saiyans. We'll give you our full review on that 30-minute remade special. And I'm hoping the week after that we'll get back to our manga review of Awesomeness because we are ready to kick off the Boo arc. And Herms totally called me out on it and it's absolutely right. This is the section of the story I need to reread the most because I'm like, oh, did they ever mention this? Yeah, it's written right there in the story and I totally don't remember that at that all. That is the one arc that I... I know, was it, Mary hates that arc? Yeah, yeah. I just... I don't hate it. I just really don't remember anything from it. I don't know what my opinion is. I feel like I've mentioned this before as we were going through the manga review and as time went on. The Red Ribbon arc, I ended up liking it more than I thought I actually did. So I haven't read the Boo arc. I certainly have not read the entirety of it in the Viz translation. Um, I've gone through the Japanese manga, and I've gone through my fan subs, certainly. Um, the Funimation discs own all of that. I don't know that I ever did any of those more than once in each Same one. Same here. Well, it didn't help that the Cyan arc has been released so many times. I, I know. We always start there. and I know that arc like the back of my hand, but you asked me about <laughs> no. the Boo arc. I feel like I can so. recite it in Japanese. Good to get to the Boo arc. So, that's going to be our plan moving forward we will see you back here next week for episode 238 with some folks hopefully talking about plan to eradicate the super science heath we already gave you a plug but i like you you're a good guy so you can talk about it again you can find myself and herms who apparently gives mike a lot of grief i don't know he's actually he grief so too okay. i don't yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, but you can find us at Constantai.com, www.kanzentai.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Constantai underscore com. And we do post a couple things on Twitter every once in a while that we do not post on the site. That's true. You're, you're doing the birthday thing, which I think is a lot of fun. I, I don't know what it was. It was one day I was like, you know, there should be like birthdays at least once a week. That's yeah. something I could do. And then, hey, look, I updated. Done. Yeah, I've just started doing that. And it's been fun. I check every morning when I get to work and figure out whose birthday it is. And unfortunately, then I figure out whose birthday it is and, oh, they've passed away. Yeah, that's always the sucky one. But uh, I believe this week sometime I will have a massive Kai episode update for anyone that's actually keeping up with those. Cool. I say you should actually check those out instead of watching the episodes because you'll get <laughs> everything out of it that you need. And then we're actually, I'm going to hit a milestone, I'm hoping by the end of the week. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've hinted at on Twitter. And it's one of the big projects I've been working on for the site. We're actually going to have the credits translated for basically every single thing that's ever been released. <laughs> and I don't care if people don't like it or not. It's something we've wanted to do forever. And I, I just finished up uh, the Dragon Ball Z series the other week. And I'm finishing up the movies right now. So Well, Heath, we've talked about this. You and your credits are like me and my investor reports. It's yes. what we do. I, I tell Jake sometimes, I'm doing this for fun. He's like, you're the only one in the world that would think this is fun. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like me. I'm like, oh, someone sold 2% of their stocks. How does this affect something? Dig, dig, dig. Read, read, read. Who's going to buy Funimation? Uh, I think they have an investor report coming up, so we'll see if do anything they? happens. Well, there you that. go. See? All right. So you got that coming up. Um, yeah. We got, Julian's been working on translating the Nozawa interview from the 
end of the Kokoro no Hane DVD. So we're Woo-hoo! finally going to be getting our review of that up. That review turned into a much bigger monster than I anticipated. Because initially that it was just a happens. review of the songs and stuff. And I'm like, oh, all right, now I've learned about Brazil. I have to rent and watch that movie and write about that in the review and do comparison screenshots. Oh shit, Nozawa has a lot to say at the end of this DVD. We got to translate that. So Well, and I think if people want more translated interviews, we do have a bunch sitting around. So if people want to email Herms at Constantide.com, nice. kind of bug him a little bit. Because <laughs> we do have a couple Kai interviews with cast members. That... You know what? I'm sitting on some interviews, too. I think we talked about this forever ago, but I've got an interview with Toriyama from Germany's Banzai magazine that my buddy Andrew That's translated right. years ago. Sitting around somewhere. Yeah, I, we've got a lot of interviews that haven't been translated. We just haven't gotten around to them. Yep. Someday, people. Someday. Let's wrap it up by talking about what we have coming down the line for you. Keith, thanks for joining me. Anytime, sir. So for you, for Corey, for Julian off in Japan, for Mary, my name is Mike Vegito EX, and you can find us online at www.daizex.com. We'll talk to you again next week. Later, folks. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This is the end of the show. Bye. This is Zenshubix, the podcast, episode 230... Fuck. I didn't update that one. Yes, that that is a real number. <laughs> this is... The, the <clears throat> yeah, gotta get this stuff done. So we're not gonna hear from Julian, hopefully... Wait, I don't want to phrase it that way. We're not gonna hear from Julian, hopefully. No. Oh, how's the third one? Oh, I love it so much. Oh, you bastard. Did you get the pro instruments, or are you still just playing with the old stuff? No, I'm playing with the old stuff right now. I I haven't decided about the guitar yet. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to wait for the real one whenever that ships, but I don't know. Are they... I thought that... Uh, whatchamacallit? What's the one uh, company? I thought Mad Cats Mad was Cats. doing the... Well, they're doing two. There's the one with the, like, hundred-something buttons that acts right. as a real one, but then they're putting out the actual guitar guitar later. Oh, you're going to get... Okay, so you're going to get the full-blown one. If I get it. I haven't decided. I, I don't know because it's a... I mean, it's a serious time, never mind the money investment, so... <laughs> I don't hey know. man, I've I've actually heard people saying they're playing with the one with the hundred some odd buttons, and they could actually transition over to a guitar and play some of the uh, songs off the soundtrack. Oh yeah, I don't I don't doubt it at all. But I'm like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna get the real one. I'm gonna get my calluses going. So <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. I'm actually working on building mine back up because I yeah, stopped playing I, I for saw a couple you weeks. That. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, so far, um, I mean, I played keyboard a little bit. Um, I was playing drums a lot yesterday, and because I have the Ion kit, I already have two cymbals, and it recognizes that, so I can almost play full pro mode on the drums. I mean, you can play pro mode, but mm-hmm. you'll you'll only have the extra. I have it as yellow and green. I know you can add one more, so I can have the blue in there at some point too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They're also going to be putting out an updated Ion drum kit that you know comes with the symbols, but everything's updated a little bit. And oh, Jesus. I'm like, oh, <laughs> who can I sell this one to so I can get the new one? Because I don't need both. I know. I waited until Rock Band 2, like the full band set, went down to like, I want to say it was 100 bucks at yeah, uh, yeah. Best Buy. 
and I turned around and unloaded my Rock Band 1 set for like 50 bucks to a Mason student, so it kind of worked out well. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I mean, I'm sure I can find someone to sell my original Ion set to. It's I'm in sure. good condition, and you can definitely. do promo on it. So, But yeah, yeah I mean, I have 600 songs, so just having all of the... The filters are amazing. You can sort by pretty much anything, and what I really like now is... Like a rock band, for example, in Green Day Rock Band, they showed up as just a download in Rock Band 2. But in Rock Band 3, it recognizes where they're from. So if you want to say, you know, show me only Lego Rock Band songs, it recognizes that, recognizes the Green Day ones as their own separate thing. So Yeah, I gotcha. It's just super slick. Yeah, I just need to find my manual from Rock Band 2 because I know you have to have that key off the back. Yes, you do. <laughs> See, man, I had I had the Rock Band 1 one, and I'm pretty sure I've got the Rock Band 2 one somewhere. It's just I'd have to dig it up. Well, you, you don't even need the Rock Band 1. That one, they actually, I oh, think no, that one just rips it off the disc, which is Yeah, perfect. that's true. I, I can't remember because I dumped those songs, what, like a year and a half, two years ago? Did you <laughs> did you see that they're, uh, they locked out a couple of the Rock Band 1 songs and a couple of Rock Band 2 songs? You mean like they didn't pay the licensing fees, so you can't dump them? Yeah, well, from Rock Band 1, I mean, you've already got that export. You've already paid for that export. Right, but I've in got Rock- that. In Rock Band 3, it doesn't show uh, Black Hole Sun and Danny California. Really? Yep. And then for Rock Band 2, there's a couple songs that it won't export. Uh, Spoon Man, Any Way You Want It, uh, I think like two or three others, yeah. But what pisses me off the most is those Rock Band 1s. I'm like, I already paid that license fee. It's on my hard drive. Right. That's bullshit. I'm not cool with that. Well, it's because I know at least with Soundgarden, they probably signed yeah. an exclusivity deal with uh, uh, Guitar Hero. Yeah, well, and I love Black Hole Sun on drums. That is one of my just go-to fun expert songs because it's, it's right at that level where it's not difficult, but it's enough of kind of a, a fun offbeat pattern, especially toward the end, where it's just super fun and like satisfying to play. And now I don't have it in Rock Band 3 on Pro Drums. Like, ah, it was that right sucks. there. But everything else is awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to pick up at some point. I'm just I I may do what I did last time and just sort of I don't know come up there and play it and then just wait till it comes down in price. <laughs> definitely, you got to come up sometime soon. We'll have to one weekend. We'll pick you know an appropriate topic so we can do a podcast while you're here too and knock some shit out. Oh hell yeah! I was telling Heath uh, I got my hand on some uh, Crown Royal Special Reserve. Oh, <laughs> definitely getting a ball of that when I come up. <laughs> Excellent. All right, let's transition into into business here. 